All sports, all the time. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die. This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City! Man with freaking Mahomes, baby! Uh, let's talk some sports, because that's what we're here to do. You are tuned in to the Spoken. Spoken. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Lance Twidwell. This is the Spoken Podcast. I am your host, Lance Twidwell. Here inside the Spoken Studios with my guys, Trevor Twidwell. What's good? And Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. Episode 150 is here. We are so happy to be here with you guys. We're so happy to get this thing going. We have so much to get to. We have an incredible guest that I'm so excited to talk about, talk to today, guys, and get so many of his thoughts in regards to the Chiefs and the NFL playoffs as a whole. And also hear about some of these delicious cookies that this dude is out here rocking down in the Texas area. And I cannot wait to talk with our guy, Jeff Allen, former Chief, former Houston Texan. It's going to be a good time, guys. It's going to be a great show, whether you're live streaming, whether you're YouTubing, or you're podcasting. We want to thank you for being here with us today, and we are going to get right down to the business. So before we get our guy, Jeff Allen, on the show, I want to start the show today Talking about this matchup with the Chiefs and the Steelers and why I have all week long been doing what basically Conor McGregor does between each and every fight that he has. And that's strutting that shit. Listen guys, I I grew up as a Chiefs fan in the early 90s and early 2000s. That's the era that I grew up in. And if anybody knows anything about that era of Chiefs football, there was nothing but heartbreak. Awesome teams, great defenses, great offenses. Never really coincided. It was always one or the other. Awesome head coaches with Dick Vermeil and Marty Schottenheimer. But they always seemed to come up short. And it made us fans out here, as loyal as we were and as much as we loved this team, we were jaded. We were, convinc- we were convinced that the league was out to get us, which sometimes I still feel that way, and that there was just something that the football gods just did not like about Chiefs and Chiefs football. And we were just constantly screwed in the playoffs. There was always some wacky, weird, wild ending to playoff games that left us just sitting here with nothing, nothing more than a broken heart and hoping that things will finally get better the season after. Well, guys, we are now in a different time and a different era because since 2018, there isn't a team in the NFL that has had more playoff wins, more playoff games, more Super Bowl appearances. Those demons have been exercised. In fact, I haven't felt the way I felt almost my entire life as a Chiefs fan since the moment I saw Patrick Mahomes throw the football. The reason why that is is because I knew it was different. The biggest reason why the Chiefs had the little to no success that they had in the playoffs and throughout all of all of football throughout the last 25 years was because of the fact they didn't take the quarterback position seriously. And the moment I saw Patrick Mahomes and I saw the Chiefs trade up and do something they've never done before and haven't done in 34 years, and that's to get a, a trade up and get a quarterback in the first round, I knew things were going to be different. And it has been every bit of difference. And so now that I look at this matchup and I'm seeing a lot of Chiefs fans and I'm hearing a lot of Chiefs fans, and a lot, I will say this, to to Chiefs fans' credit, there are a lot of confident Chiefs fans going into this week against the Steelers, as they should be. But there are people out there that are very concerned and are bringing up the past and are bringing up the Colts and Jaguars as a reference as to why we should be concerned and not go into this game confident and cocky. I'm here to tell you guys, stop. 
Stop it. Because it not only are the Steelers a team that had to have the Colts lose to the Jaguars in Week 18 to just get in the playoffs, but they're a team that have proven time and time again this season that they are not worthy to be in the playoffs. They literally backed in to the playoffs. It took the Raiders to finally go savage mode on the Chargers with seconds remaining when they could have both just had a gentleman's agreement and tied and both would have made the playoffs. It took the Raiders to finally say, fuck you guys. You took a late, late, late game timeout. We're going to put this game, we're going to put this game away and kick a field goal with our automatic field goal kicker. It took that for the Steelers to even get into the playoffs. And not just that, but the Chiefs just three weeks before that took place absolutely dismantled and embarrassed this Steelers team. And here's the fact that we all have to acknowledge and, and embrace here, is the Chiefs were the team that walked into that game in Week 16 as the more hobbled bunch. The Chiefs were up without Travis Kelsey. They got two catches for 19 yards out of Tyree Kill. They did not have Nick Bolton, who led the team in tackles. They didn't have either one of their feet, as in Harrison Butker or Tommy Townsend. Both were out. Rashad Fenton, one of the highest-graded corners in the league this season, didn't play. And the Chiefs won with precision. It was almost effortless. It looked like a practice. The Chiefs also missed four, left four points on the board in the first half. So even though they were up 23 to nothing, which the game pretty much was over at half, the Chiefs could have been up 27 to nothing, which is even more of a stamp of approval that game was over. And don't tell me that that game wasn't a, a, a big-time game for either team. The Chiefs were still very much in the, in the driver's seat for the one seed, and the Steelers could have still won their division. And they got destroyed. And this game is now on Sunday Night Football in Arrowhead with a raucous crowd ready to go because now we've seen eight playoff games, soon to be nine playoff games. This is what we're accustomed to now in Kansas City. If I was to tell you that the Browns were coming into town for this game, would you be worried? Hell no. Yet the Browns scored more points this season than the Steelers. If I was to tell you that the Dolphins were coming into town this week, would you be worried? Hell no. Yet the Dolphins allowed fewer points this season than the, the Steelers. Now I know, they got T.J. Watt. But here's the thing about the NFL. Every single team in this league has one player that you should fear. That's how the league works. There are stars across the board. They are sprinkled abroad. But T.J. Watt is not enough. Simple and plain, plain and simple. This Chiefs team, this is what they are built for. Have they had their druthers? Have they had their shortcomings this season? Yes. But what is this team built for? What is this team built to do? The playoffs and winning in the playoffs. I'm not worried. I'm not concerned. I got my McGregor swagger going, man, because I know who's the team that's going to come out with this victory this week. I've never been more confident in a victory for the Chiefs in the playoffs since Patrick Mahomes has been here because I know what this team is, and I know what the Steelers are, and they're not enough. Trevor, I want to start with you. Before we get our guy Jeff Allen here in a few minutes, I want to get your thoughts on this week because, I, like I said, I have intentionally paid very close attention to the pulse and the sound of, of Chiefs fans across the board mm -hmm. and hearing their thoughts, hearing their opinions because we've even listened to Pittsburgh radio guys, and they're trying to convince themselves that this could even be a game. And I'm not afraid to sit here and put these receipts on the board and look back at this and talk about what we talked about on this very episode. I know fans out there, are some, some are worried, some are concerned, but I can't seem to find a single reason why the Chiefs should be concerned or why the fans should be concerned. If you heard Chris Jones' interview yesterday, you saw a man that took this game, that's taking this game seriously. You heard Patrick Mahomes say he's taking it seriously. I don't see a team that's nervous, and I don't see a team that's overlooking their opponent. That's why I'm so confident as a Chiefs fan. What are your thoughts walking into this game? 
Well, yeah, I mean, you even got Big Ben trying to do the reverse psychology stuff, too, to try to, you know, not only psych himself up, but psych his team up, you know, talking about how they're, you know, it was similar to the Patriots. We are still here campaign and all that shit. That's that reverse psychology. Like, everyone knows, like, you know, we're not downplaying you guys. I'm sure 100% I would like to get Jeff's, um, 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 you know, outlook on this, too, how the locker room is approaching this game, you know, after you smack a team around a couple weeks ago uh, and how you, you know, approach this game. Do you, do you have, you know respect for this team still or do you just expect as a player to go out there and just do what you did last time uh with we you know uh missing key players in that game as well like you mentioned um this game man I, I, look man I, it is what it is this is we are a terrible matchup for the Steelers <laughs> uh I mean it's just it is what it is and if there's any kind of snow going on in this game if it's slippery if it's wet if it's cold that only benefits our offense more than it does the defenses right because the receivers know where they're going the cornerbacks for the Steelers, the safeties, they don't know where our guys are going. And we got speed all over the place. We got Travis Kelsey running and slipping through the middle. This is going to be, it's just a bad, we're a bad matchup for the Steelers, man. It just is what it is. Um, they're not a very good team. I know Big Ben is uh, trying to do the reverse psychology, but really, in reality, that's just facts. They haven't been a very good team all year. They've been very consistent. Big Ben's been bad. Um, so, I think I think our our defense is going to do what we continue to do. I know we've struggled the last couple weeks. Um, we've had a couple slip-ups, but... Getting to the quarterback is what we've been really good at this year, and I, I fully expect us to get after Big Ben. Uh, he's tough to bring down, but I think they, and they get the ball out quickly. I will give them that. Um, uh, but I do believe Najee Harris is a little banged up. He has an elbow or something like that. I'm sure he's going to play, but that's something to kind of keep an eye on as well, and that's he's a huge part of their offense, and he was the only one that was really a somewhat of a bright spot for their offense this last game when we played them. So um, I'm not worried, man. I'm just not. And this is I, I try not to be that way. I try to keep a level head in, in going into every matchup. Uh, even with the Broncos game, you know, what What did I say heading into that game? I was like, you know what? This is one of those, <clears throat> we should blow them out, but I just don't think it's going to happen. I just think it's one of those divisional games. I still have respect for the defense, even though they're down some pieces. So, I, I mean, I still have respect. Look, I love Mike Tomlin. Great, great coach. Top five coach in my mind in this league right now. Uh, has been for a long time. Got this team here. I mean, they figured it out. Obviously, they, they got in by beating a terrible, terribly banged up Ravens team without Lamar Jackson. So, and they barely won that game. So, they're not a good football team, man. They're the worst team in the playoffs by far. Um, and the Chiefs are, in my mind, the best team by far in the AFC for sure. So, yeah, we're going – I fully 100% confident we're going to win this game. I don't think Pat's going to have to do that much similar to the last game. He didn't have to do that much last game. Um, I think our defense is going to go out there and take care of business. Um, I, I expect Ben to make some mistakes. Uh, he's bad on the road, let alone on the road if it's cold and wet and slippery and possibly snowy. I expect the youth of our side and the coaching of our side. I think Andy Reid's going to have his guys ready. I, I just expect a W here, man. W however we get it, whether we blow them out again or we go you know, put up 20 points and they put up three, I don't really care. I, I just I fully 100% expect a win here. So, Give me a second. Let me There we go. <laughs> gotcha. I just I just had Lance on the right side. I, um, I don't know if he was gonna get mad at that. I'll be pissed. Don't piss Lance. I'll off. flip this table right now. I'll flip this damn table. There you go. I put him on the left side now. Are you happy, King? <laughs> damn right. Let me, let me tilt this crown real quick. All right, man. Uh, I see you guys are not concerned at all uh, with this uh, against the Steelers team. I get it. We beat them soundly in uh, week. Was it week sixteen? I, I believe week, week 16. sixteen. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Mahomes didn't even play the whole, pretty much the whole entire fourth yeah. quarter. That game was pretty much over at halftime. Uh, it's just, I feel like the playoffs are different. Uh, that this is just my my uh, soccer uh, 
background kicking in as once once knockout knockout stages happen it it, it the, the season doesn't matter at all it it it's it's obsolete mm-hmm. uh, the season you can be the worst team in the playoffs but yet again somehow and find your way into the super bowl uh and baseball we've seen that too with the royals in 2014 they went in as a wild card and they made it all the way. they went to the la to the angels number 1 team in the whole entire mlb best record they swept them mm. yeah do you know what I mean? So, as as much credit as I want to give the Chiefs, and they're the better, te- obviously they're the better team. They're the they're 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 just a better. This is just not a good matchup for yeah. the Steelers. But I I want to show them respect just because they're they're in the playoffs. I get that they're in the playoffs because of some lucky stuff, but other than that, they're in the playoffs. So you you gotta you gotta show your your opponent some some credit for making it this far. Uh, only, well, and, and and if any quarterback in the AFC right now in the playoff picture has any experience, has, Big Ben has like double the amount of exactly, experience of everyone and, else. And if this is really going to be his last game, he's not going to go out. Yeah, he's not going to go out with a bang. Um, I, I think he's still. I, I would say he's an average quarterback this year, and I don't think it's going to matter much. For but, me, it's more about his defense playing all, if his all defense, in for yeah, him. Yeah, that's how de- they won the Ravens if, game. If, if his defense is all in and uh, they can put pressure on Patrick Mahomes. We see what Patrick Mahomes does under pressure. He's one of the best. I hope they blitz, man. Yeah. Well, that's like, according to reports this, this morning. Ta- uh, 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 Palmer, James Palmer, was saying that he's talking to the Steelers defense, and they were yeah. saying that they're going to want to blitz pa- Patrick Mahomes a little yeah. bit more this season. Uh, bring it on. I, bring please, it on. Please he, bring it on. This is uh, Patrick Mahomes, kind of like uh, or Joe Burrow's kind of like Patrick Mahomes. Uh, they love the blitz. If you blitz. Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow, they're going to fucking destroy you. The difference between Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes in this season in particular is the fact that unlike Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow doesn't have a great offensive line. In exactly. fact, he has one of the worst. So you're right. Yes. That's the difference. So, Patrick gets more yeah. time. Why so, he's one of the most sacked So I, I, do think, I do think if the, the, the Steelers go out there and try and blitz Patrick Mahomes, try to put that pressure, that, that can easily backfire because you're going to open a lot, all spaces for Tyreek and Travis Kelsey to do what they do, and that's magic. Yeah. So... As I as I want to get the achieves a blowout, I don't think it's going to be a drastic blowout, kind of like Week 16. I think it's going to be a little, little bit more slow pace. I think it's going to be more physical this game. I, I do think the Chiefs will probably end up winning by 10, 10 points. I want to say, but it, it, it's going to look a lot closer than what it was on Week 16. But but yeah, let me let me. Uh, here's here's three things that I came up with this week as to why I am so confident that not only are the Chiefs going to win this game. But it's going to be another blowout. And here's here are three reasons. Uh, well, first, I'll ask you guys a question. Just give me a one-answer, one-word response. Do you believe the Steelers can score 30 points in this game? No. No. Okay. And in the, in the playoffs, in the playoffs, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are 5-0 and when their, opo- their opponents score less than 30 points. 5-0. and Okay? So in order for the Steelers to even really have a chance in this game, they're going to have to score 30 points. Yeah. That's not happening because we all just agreed that ain't going to happen. They average 19 points a game this season. Yeah. Okay? Uh, also, in the playoffs, uh, the Chiefs, and uh, let's ask you a question real quick because this is this is the setup here. When it, In 2018, the Chiefs played the Colts. Who would you say the better team? The Colts in 2018 or the Steelers this year? 
Colts. Okay. Yeah, Colts. 100%. Andrew Luck. Way better quarterback. Yeah. The Chiefs won that game by 18 points. No disrespect. The no. Chiefs won that game by 18 points. And the only reason it was 18 points is because the Colts got a, field, a, a touchdown with two minutes left in the game. Yep. I mean, it was a snow game, so. <laughs> right. It was garbage time. Okay. Patrick Mahomes didn't throw a touchdown in the game. Chiefs still won by 18 points. Uh, how about this? How about the how about the divisional round in 2019? Uh, you say the 2019 Texans or the Steelers this year? Oh, Texans by four. Okay. Yep. Chiefs put up 51 points and won by 20. What about the conference championship that year? T- Tennessee Titans that year or the Steelers this year? Titans. Oh, Titans. Chiefs put up 35 points, won by 11. For sure. Okay, what about the conference championship last year? Buffalo Bills or this current Steelers team? Buffalo oh, Bills. Okay, Chiefs won by 14 and put up 38. This is the point I'm trying to make. And this and, is and, the best Chiefs team we probably had since out of all those Chiefs teams. And here's Patrick Mahomes versus AFC playoff teams in his career. He's 5-1. and one. The only loss he ever had was against the Patriots in the overtime game in 2018 season. With a 66 completion percentage, 295 yards per game, 18 total touchdowns, zero interceptions with a 115 quarterback rating. He's good. He's listen, good. We get it. Th- there, are, there are games. <laughs> listen, I, I even tried this week to, to conjure up some, some sort of theory as to why this could be. And the only thing I'd come up with was sentiment and, 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 and all this, oh, this is Ben's last season. It could be his last game. That's the only thing. And that's not enough. Look, it's an emotional argument. It's for, an emotional yeah. argument. Thank you. That's the only thing you can go back is, well, this is, you know, a 19-year career, and it's just, it's so sad to see him go away. No. Yes, that's what's going to happen. He's going away. He's been dying on the we field put, for the last two seasons. We got to put old Yeller down, goddamn. You know? <laughs> <laughs> old Yeller's got to get shot. I, I was guys, watching. Sorry. This is going to be. This is going to sound like a long left field, but I'm bringing it into the comparison here or the analogy. Yeah. I was watching an X Files episode last night, and when Mulder, Scully, Scully, and Mulder were visiting this like Amish family that had like some sinister shit going on, right? And while they're at the dinner table, they're trying to like investigate this murder that took place from somebody that was from their colony, if you will. And while it's going down. The dinner table, this old guy is over in the corner just hacking up a lung. He's and everyone's just ignoring it. And and Mulder keeps looking over, like, what what in the hell? Like, you know, not notice like no one else is noticing it. Until finally the motherfucker like falls to the ground and just dying. He's like grabbing his chest and his his throat, and everyone's, oh, yeah, we probably should do something about that. And I'm sitting here looking at it going, this dude's been over here dying for like five minutes and no one said anything and now all of a sudden you guys care because the dude's falling over looking blue as a fucking blueberry? Like, I didn't understand like the concept of that. And I'm looking at Ben and I'm going, the Steelers, you, your boy's been over here grasping for air for years now. You should have taken him to pasture. You should have put him behind the woodshed and killed him. You should have put him, put him to sleep. Man, this dude's out here just hobbling onto the field just trying to make something happen. Guys, it's not going to change this week. It's not. You saw the last game we saw Ben play. They barely put up 16 points against the defense that literally gave up the most passing yards and passing touchdowns this season in the Baltimore Ravens. They had to put up 16 points to survive them at the end of the game. Yeah. That team has been dying for months. And they can't run the ball either. Their O-line's bad. Yes. Big, ben, Big Ben's throwing the ball like 50 times a game. There's dude. an insane stat I heard on local radio this week. I forgot who said it. But uh, Jonathan Taylor... And Najee Harris had the exact same amount of touches this year, but Jonathan Taylor had 650 more yards. <laughs> like, wow. that's how bad it is for the. Yeah. Najee Harris is a baller. Yeah. I, I, I believe in that kid. He got 1,000 yards from scrimmage this year behind that horrific Steelers offensive line. But again, I want to bring up Chris Jones again. The fact that Chris Jones, you saw, like, the biggest question, I and I, I had to think about this one. I will admit, on Monday, I'm like, okay, I do want to see, like, how focused the Chiefs are. First thing I heard out of Patrick Mahomes' mouth, Oh, we're not taking them lightly. We're gonna we're gonna beat them badly. Like you heard Patrick saying it, yeah. 
And then you see Chris Jones. I hope you guys watch that video. Right. I mean, he yeah. looked like he was having a birthday bash. This dude was ready. He couldn't contain. He had to walk off the podium. He was so amped, dude. Like this is what I'm talking about. And when you got your, when you got your, 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 your captains and your generals acting like that. When those are your main yeah, men, you those are your alphas. Is that you know guy, what I'm saying? Bro. Like yeah. if you see like one of like one of like the the you know the backup dudes, like hey man, I'm ready to get in this game. Of course, because you're a fringe player, you're getting an opportunity to play in the playoffs. Yeah. When you Chris Jones and Patrick Mahomes, who have both played in eight playoff games together, this is what they do. They look this amped up against a team they know they're going to kill. That's what makes me so excited about this team. Not just in this game, but moving forward in the playoffs. It, it, this is what excites me so much because I know that the Chiefs are a team that people have doubted all offseason. We've had our criticism, things like this. I get it. But what what do we always talk about when it comes to the playoffs in particular? How are you playing towards the end of the season? How are you playing when, when things are really starting Momentum. to take shape? And outside of a horrific officiated game, the Chiefs haven't lost in two months. So it's not just that they're the better team. It's not just that they have better on-paper rosters here. It's the fact they're playing better football. And we've already seen a sample size of what this matchup is in a game that did matter for both teams. Neither one of those teams wrapped up shop and said, ah, let's just rest some guys. Ah, let's not take this game seriously. Both had so much on the table in that game. And it did not look like there were two NFL teams on the field. Yeah. It looked like one NFL team and a team that DeVry University decided to put together and try to give themselves a better chance against the Chiefs. I mean, guys, I, I don't see a scenario, and we're going to break this game down a little bit towards the end of the show. I don't see a single scenario where Patrick Mahomes is healthy and on the sidelines with a clipboard in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, and it's, you got to discuss Travis Kelsey not being there the last game. Thank you. Like, him, his presence alone... Well, if you have to adjust your entire defense yeah, when Travis Kelsey on the field. killed at that game. And Noah Gray had a couple of decent catches that game, but I mean, they see Noah Gray, they're just going to check him at the line, and you know, they're not going to worry about Noah, Noah Gray. So, I mean, Travis Kelsey being out there is the is the biggest. I mean, uh, their safeties are going to have to constantly keep an eye on where he's at, you know, over the middle and so on. Travis Kelsey is probably going to eat in this game, man. I think if anybody in the passing game is going to be Travis Kelsey, because in the last game, I think Tyreek had one catch. Yeah, so two I mean, catches for nineteen two catches, yards. You know if what I mean? If so. I'm the Chiefs, and uh, let's say we're up by two scores late in the second quarter, and then you know you you start putting uh, Tyreek in that that situation, we're making making those uh, crazy routes. I, I would start thinking of uh, uh, slowing down Tyreek a little bit, sitting them on the sidelines, kind of rest him a little bit more. Because I honestly don't I think know we're how run that, the ball. Because I don't know how 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 good that ankle is. Uh, the heel, it, yeah, yeah. The, the heel, or whatever, the, the whatever it is. I don't know how it is. If I'm the Chiefs, I kind of take that, take this game slow for Tyreek, kind of uh, uh, put the load on Harmon and uh, Pringle a little bit more in this game. Have Travis Kelsey in there, kind of open the game. For That's kind of what we did last so, week. Yeah, That's like so, we did last yeah, week. Yeah, so I, I think I think that would uh, so because I would rather have uh, Tyreek Hill healthy in a divisional game. Than a wild card game. I don't know, man. It's it, in winner go home situations, which which what the playoffs are. I, if you're on the field, you're you're playing. I mean, you you give me your I, full all. Like I well, want it all. Like I don't. I think Tyreek's okay. I just think it's a pain management thing. I think that's really all this is. I I just think he has a little lingering pain in his heel. I, I don't want it's a long go, season. Yeah, because yeah. I don't want him to go in there and, and then. Tweak it a little bit more. I think he could have played out. a lot more in the Broncos game than he, than <laughs> yeah. he did because he was. I mean, he went in there and made one of the biggest plays of the game when he went in there and got that fourth down conversion. So I mean, I think he's fairly. He, he's going to be in then another week of. He and he practiced full all week. I think Tyreek's fine. I, I think we're going to need him. I know he was limited the last two days, right? 
Who, Tyreek? No, Tyreek was a full-term participant yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yesterday? Because I know it was a Thursday where he was limited. I knew he he went limited for a couple days this week. Friday Friday is the day you want to pay attention to. If if you're a limited participant on Friday, they're going to officially list you as questionable. uh, Tyreek Hill has not been listed as questionable. He's going going to give it a go. But I'm with you on this, Eddie. I I, I 100% agree. I think that's actually how this game is going to go. And again, I don't mean to break this down already because I don't want to step ahead of it. And our guy Jeff Allen is going to be joining us in just a few minutes. And man, I cannot wait to get his thoughts on this matchup in particular. But I think that's how the Chiefs are going to look at this one. If they are moving the ball with fluidity and, and with ease early in the game and Tyreek isn't really doing anything, he's going to the sidelines. Yeah. And now, now this is one of those those tough things though, for an athlete like him who's been amped up and ready to go and wants to play in the you playoffs Sunday night football when he shines the brightest. He's one of the greatest receivers in his in the history of the NFL on primetime games, literally. Yeah, he wants to eat. So he wants to eat. And also, there's been a, there's been a narrative out there by Kyle Brandt in Good Morning Football, which I, I really despised. And I love okay. Kyle, but he, it was a bad take about how how Tyreek has not been an explosive player this season. It was so funny when I was re- I was watching him make this take. Yeah. And as he's saying that, there's a montage video going on of game plays this season, Tyreek making explosive plays. And there was like 13 of them. Now, are they different? Yes, because defenses are playing the Chiefs differently this season. They're playing cover two They're defenses. Covered. They're forcing you to play within yeah. the parameters of the middle of the field. More small, like, yes. passes and, and why do you yak. think why do you think there it's no coincidence that Tyreek just set the single season receptions mark for the Chiefs right. with like 111, I think it was. Well, let's be honest, he set the bar kind of high. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? The past few years, Tyreek has been the most explosive <laughs> right. offensive weapon. In the league, so. He's suffering from the same thing Patrick Patrick Mahomes is suffering now, yeah. and that's being attacked because they're not performing to the level. They, right. Yeah, and they got to find played. a shot. You don't think who's more explosive than You don't think for yeah. a second that next season teams are going to play the uh, Bengals differently? Oh, 100%. With all the 50-yard yeah. plays they had this season, it's 100%. the same thing. Yeah. Jamar Chase will definitely be doubled by every yes. team Yes, he's going to get that wide yes. receiver one protection. Yes. The defenses are going to make sure that you beat them with T. Higgins as opposed to Jamar Chase. Mm. That's how it goes. So as the Chiefs continue to be in the limelight so much defenses are adapting to them so Tyreek Hill let's say he is healthy and there are no issues with his heel in this game I'm expecting a humongous game from Tyreek Hill because again they Mika Fitzpatrick is one of the best defensive backs in the league yep. but he's not enough because he's going to have to focus on Travis exactly. Kelsey Travis and Travis Kelsey, Kelsey wasn't, wasn't there last time wasn't there last time exactly so yes I actually love the fact that you brought up McCole Hardman because before we get to our guy Jeff I wanted to I actually wanted to give him some praise because McCole Hardman just got done in the end of the end of the last the final game of the season with his first 100-yard receiving game of his career. And it was because what? It wasn't because of big, deep throws that Patrick was hitting him on. I don't think he had a catch in the air of more than 10 yards. It was because they were allowing his feet to create things. And I love the fact that the Chiefs, right before the playoffs, got that down with McColl because that adds such a dimension to the offense they did not have yeah. all season I feel long. Like, I feel like Andrew Reid was kind of testing that, seeing what he can do for McColl on the playoffs. He we know he's he got it in him, man. Yeah. yeah, because we know what, what Andy Reid is in the playoffs. That mother, he's magic. He He's the brain of the playoffs. And, and I think, like you said, with that 100 receiving, I think he was focusing to see – what kind of plans? What kind of plays he could draw from Michael Harmon in the playoffs? Because you know that's where Andy Reid com- comes out very creative. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So it looks like our friend has joined us. Mm-hmm. Let's get these headsets on, boys. We're about to party. Okay. Not hearing anything. Yet, I'm assuming. All right, Jeff, are you with us? Can you hear us? He's on. Okay. We'll give him a second. 
one second. You're good. This is the this is the fun part of the live stream. <laughs> When you do it, like I'll do, I'll do the. This is what I've been doing all week. This is what I've been doing all week long. Just getting ready for this game. You guys hear me? Yeah. All right. What's going on, man? What's going on? All right. So let's 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 properly introduce our guy Jeff. Okay. So this is a former chief, two-time chief, former Houston Texan, current co-founder of Cookie Society, and a contributor at KC Sports Network. Let's give it up. For our guy, Jeff Allen. Thanks for Let's having go. me, guys. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, man. It's good to have you on, man. It's good to have you on. Listen, obviously I want to get some takes from you when it comes to the NFL playoffs, when it comes to the Chiefs. But, man, first and foremost, I got I to gotta get a story on Cookie Society. I've been looking at these pictures. <laughs> man, you all thirst trapping me with these cookies, man. <laughs> I, I got to know because I've been reading. I saw that you guys actually use real butter, which I'm a major fan of. We use yep. uh, Kerrygold in my house. That's real butter. I got to get the story on Cookie Society first and foremost, man. Let me know all about I can all that I, you can know about Cookie Society. Man, it really started as a dare. We were it was back in 2017. We went to New York City, and we went to a bakery called Levain Bakery, and we stood in line for about 45 minutes, and I complained the entire time because I'm like. <laughs> It's a bakery. Why am I waiting this long? <laughs> Finally get to the counter, and all they have is cookies and, like, a couple pastries. I'm like, this is, this is a ripoff. It's <laughs> <laughs> a ripoff. Long story short, we finally get the cookies. As soon as we leave the shop, I'm on the corner, like, right by Central Park, and I break into the cookie. It was warm, and it was one of the best things I ever had in my life. I was amazed, and I looked at my wife, and I was just joking. I was like, "You can't do anything like this." <laughs> <laughs> it was like reverse psychology. I'm knowing she's competitive like me. She's gonna go home and, and try to do it. And she did. She went home, tried to make it like them, couldn't figure it out. And she's like, "You know, I give up. I'm gonna make my perfect cookie." There you go. And there you fast go. forward to now, we, that's how we got the idea. We started a business because everyone loved it, and and we're here two years yeah. in retail and and looking forward to the future. Hell yeah, man! I'm so excited for you. I, like I said, I've, I've been—I'm literally salivating looking at these. I'm like, man, this ain't fair, dude. Like, listen, I, I... listen if, it, if, it's, if it's gonna be, you know, a treat, it, it better be worth it. You know what so I mean? We're like, we're gonna go all out. We're gonna use the best ingredients. We're gonna use, you know, high fat butter. We're gonna do all that stuff because I mean, it's, it's a treat and it's something that you reward yourself with, and and that's the approach we take. I want to focus on this interview here in this segment, but I might have to start ordering online as we're doing this, man, because you, you've only sell you've only sold it more to me, man. So just shut up and take my money at this point. But let's talk a little. Let's talk a little football here. Um, yeah. First of all, I definitely want to get your experience side of things when it comes to your career. Obviously, you played for the Chiefs twice. You played with the Texans. I, I really want to dive deep here. In the differences in your experiences with both franchises, because we've seen both franchises go in completely opposite directions. Yeah. And I, I really want to get your thoughts and your opinions because both teams are making headlines and news in two different, different very reasons. different ways. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I just wanted to get your your takeaways of what you experienced with both franchises. Well, well, I'll start with Kansas City because I was able to see two different, you know, two different regimes. I was there with um, Pioli. 
Um, then that was short, a short stint for me. You know, it was a year. Then Andy Reid came in, completely different. Um, it's more than the Lingling way. With them, it's more um, dealing with the media. It's more secretive. You know, they tell you what to say pretty much. Um, everyone's on the same page in that regard, and, and you're not. It's almost like being a robot. To be honest with you, you're not being yourself. Coach Reed comes in. We have all pretty much the same team. We changed the quarterback, of course, bringing a couple other pieces. But it's pretty much the same team. The difference was he, he treated us like men. Um, and one of his big things is, is, is let your personality show. Be yourself. And I think we could appreciate that, you know, coming from under that. Um, and it was just fun to play football again. Um, fast forward to leaving, you know, I signed a free agency, go to Houston. Um, kind of the same thing. Bill O'Brien, a New England tree. Kind of the same tight ship. And dealing with those types of things and, and in-house and dealing with the media, everyone saying the same thing and guys not being themselves. And I, I can honestly say I don't think guys were really having fun. Um, but we did have a good football team. City was great. Um, and that's all I'll say on that. Mm, yeah. Well, when it came to game prep for you uh, and getting focused throughout the week leading up to a game, regardless of how big the game was or the magnitude of it, were you more of a guy that just shut out the noise, you don't want to hear anything, you ain't listening to anybody, just ignored it all, or were you a guy that used the noise and used it as fuel? I used the noise. I was always Twitter fingers, so <laughs> I'm always online looking. Um, I, I never searched my name. You know, I would do that jokingly, like after a win or a loss, it didn't matter. I would search other people's names and, and say kind of the things that people were saying about them, but never my name. Um, but the articles and stuff, we see those things. Guys can say oh, I'm not feeding into that, you know, I'm not looking outside the building, but guys are reading those things. And we use it as motivation as athletes. It's one of those things that, you know, you're always looking for a chip. You're always looking for something to edge. And those clippings can do that sometimes. So for me, I use it as fuel. I know most guys use it as fuel. Some guys really don't look at the media, but majority do, so. That's interesting. Well, since you're an offensive lineman, I feel like you're the perfect guy for me to ask this question. Going into this last offseason, I was so hell-bent on the Chiefs building this offensive line because not, not just the Super Bowl and how embarrassing that was at times to see Patrick just running for his life the entire game against the Buccaneers and you felt like it was just it was hopeless. And more than just that, you saw throughout the season that there, there needed to be change. They needed to get more talent, younger talent, cheaper talent. And I said this offseason, if all the Chiefs focus on was just getting better at offensive line, I could live with that because I want to see Patrick, a $500 million quarterback, that is the reason why this team is going to continue to excel into Super Bowl stardom and Super Bowl appearances, that he's going to have to be healthy, so they're going to have to protect him. And I said that I wanted to see the Chiefs give him a 2003 type of offensive line where you had your Willie Shields, you had your Willie Roves, or your Will Shields and Willie Roves, you had your Casey Wigmans. And I felt like the Chiefs did that. They nailed it on Trey Smith. They nailed it mm -hmm. on Creed Humphrey. They went and got themselves Orlando Brown Jr. They quote-unquote overpaid for Joe Tooney, who ended up being maybe the most valuable offensive lineman on this team. I, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Do you think this is about as good as this offensive line could get and how well Brett Veach did, or do you think that they could still improve as the years go on? No, they're definitely going to improve just by you know being together. Um, but he, he knocked it out the park, man. Um, I didn't see this coming. I didn't think he could turn it around this quickly, especially coming off that Super Bowl and seeing everything that we all saw. Um, he really did the best he could possibly do. I mean, he got, you know, Creed Humphrey, arguably the best center in the NFL as a rookie. Um, Trey Smith, one of the best, you know, guards in the league already. Joe Tooney, Mr. Consistent. He is who he is. He's an all-pro type player. 
Orlando Brown, all pro, pro bowl type player. And I think Lucas Nang, I think he has a tremendous, tremendous upside if he can stay healthy. And even with them not being there, I think Andrew Wiley has done a hell of a job in his role and coming in and providing, you know, a spark. So, I mean, this, this line is pretty solid. Um, I don't want to put them in a two, 2003 category yet. Those some <laughs> Hall of Fame guys, but, um, you know, they got the, the potential to be that. I 100% agree. Now, flipping to the other side of the, the field, you have the defense. Now, we've seen the roller coaster ride that this defense has been this season. We saw how historically bad they were for the first five, six weeks and how historically great they were down the final stretch of the two months. Um, I think they were averaging two, 10 points a game allowed for two months. But the yeah. final two games, we saw a few things. We saw how Jamar Chase was just eating the secondary alive. We saw how uh, in, in, in the final game of the season, the Broncos were able to run with success. Now you can talk about how serious the defense, how hard the defense played. We can debate on that. But I want to ask you, just from a former NFL player yourself, do you see any concerns of those last two weeks going into the playoffs? Do you think that there's there's going to be a clamp down like we saw of those final two months? I think there will be there will be a clamp down. Um, my only concern um, was adjustments, it's particularly that Cincinnati game. It was a game where it was obvious what they were doing. They were picking on our corners. Um, we were in a lot of one-on-one situations, and and that's an easy fix to be honest. But you know, if, if someone wants to be stubborn and doesn't want to adjust, uh, then it could potentially be a problem. But I don't think the coaches are going to be stuck in their ways. Um, the Denver game, we all know what that was. That was one of those games where um, we pretty much knew we lost the one seed when we lost in Cincinnati and wasn't much motivation. We're playing a team that's not making the playoffs, thinking ahead. Um, so I'll chalk that up as just not, you know, playing to our best of our abilities knowing the situation. Jeff, I've seen you be very vocal on a, on a few things in the NFL and something that has been bothering me deeply for some years now, uh, but even more so now that we've seen Brian Flores and David Coley have been let go from the respective head coaching jobs with the Dolphins and with the Texans, leaving only Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin as the only black head coach in the league. I mean, I like to believe that things are progressing and that we're becoming more aware as a society when it comes to problems like this. But looking at the NFL as it is right now, I have a real concern about these things and how serious black coaches are being taken with some of these jobs. What direction do you see the league heading in this? Because, I mean, over 70% 70 of the league is black athletes, made of black athletes, yeah. but yet only 3% of their head coaching jobs are black men. That's a problem to me, Jeff. What is your takeaway right now at the current status of the NFL? It's definitely a problem, and it's one of those things where it's been happening so long that there's no shock anymore one of those things where it's disappointing but it's expected um for me i'm looking at this year as, as a as a a year where possibly some change could happen because there's a lot of great candidates that are african-american we got one in kansas city who's, who should have been a head coach you know a couple years ago um give me one second my son's in the back you're fine man no, you're fine. Hey, fine. hey jay go ahead you can have one go get one <laughs> if okay. he's got any if he's got any chief Steelers takes you can right, bring can, him on man can you give me one second all right just give him a cookie, man. I'll get it for you in a second, bud. All right, give me one second. Um, yeah, give me one second. Sorry. You're good, man. Oh, you're, you're fine. You're fine. Yeah, yeah. Now, this is this was something I definitely wanted to bring up to Jeff and, and wanted to talk with you guys because it just – it almost sometimes feels intentional. It mm -hmm. almost feels like it's just, yeah, we don't care at this point because what are you going to do? It's almost like with the officiating problem where they're not going to fix officiating because they know that people are still going to come and watch and the casuals are still going to come around. So what difference does it make? And that's that's a really sad 
viewpoint well, to have. Well, and if we wanted to change, all right, I'm, I'm, ba- I'm back. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. quick story, backstory. I'm quarantining right now. We've been in the house for the last five days. My wife and daughter have COVID, so oh, sure, oh, <laughs> um, they're good though. They're good. They're oh, good. Good. Yeah, good. They're in the up and up. So thankful for that. Good. Absolutely. Back to, back to talking about the coaches. Like I say, um, one of those things that's, that's dis- disappointing, disheartening, but it, it's expected, sadly. Um, but this year, it, it, it should be a year where we see a few guys get the opportunities they deserve. And we have Flores, of course, who did a tremendous job. I don't chalk that up as a race thing in, in Miami. I think that was more of a, a power struggle. Um, same with the Houston thing. It was one of those weird things where, you know, they hired Cully and they kind of didn't want him, which is weird. <laughs> they hired him as a placeholder, which yeah. is, you know, speaks to the way the organization is run. I mean, I don't think you should do anybody like that. Um, but I, I do think they might hire one, either Mayo or, or Flores. Um, just one of those things where you, where you hope for the best. I think it's it's a little bit of nepotism. You hire your you hire your family, you hire your friends, you hire people that look like you. Yep. From an ownership standpoint, um, there's that unintentional bias, and there could be some racism there too. So, I mean. It's just like, you know, we spoke on this a long time ago with the quarterback position. You know, for a while you'd see maybe one or two black quarterbacks around the league. Now you see a ton of talented guys. And it's not like there's never been talented black quarterbacks. It's just the opportunity is there now. And I think it's the same with head coaches and general managers and and, and those front office roles. So just give guys opportunities and, and, and you'll see the result. You brought up Eric Bieniemy here in Kansas City, and it's and we've been banging our heads against the wall about why this guy isn't getting a job. And I've I've heard from very reliable sources that Eric Bieniemy is going to take a job if it's presented to him, if it's given to him, yeah. if, if the opportunity is there. So it doesn't really make sense. But from your from your viewpoint, where do you think Eric Bieniemy were if it is inevitable that he becomes a head coach? Where do you think it happens? Where do you think it makes the most sense for him? Um, I would say somewhere out of the division. Um, and I would, I would hope he get the job in New York, um, big market, a team that's been in disarray for quite some time since Coffin's left. They need some direction. They need some leadership, and he's the perfect guy that can provide that. And it could be a package deal with a GM. You know, a guy like Ryan Poles, he's up for, you know, <laughs> being a GM. Package those guys together, or even Dorsey. I mean, I know, you know, he had his issues or whatnot, but he's a hell of an evaluator and a, and a good GM. Um, so I think that opportunity of pairing the right coach and general, general manager um, only gives everyone the best chance. We're a few hours away from a few from a couple games happening today. It's the Raiders visiting the Bengals and the Patriots visiting the Jets or the Bills Jets. The Bills. I want to get your winner in both of those games, and I want to ask you the questions a question about the Sunday's games and Monday games as well. All right, I got um, I got Buffalo beat New England. And I have Cincinnati beating the Raiders. Um, I still call them the Oakland Raiders, so I got them beating those guys. <laughs> you have the right to do that. It's okay. <laughs> and then we have the the Eagles visiting the Buccaneers tomorrow with the 49ers at Dallas in the in the big old AT&T Stadium. The Chiefs take on the Steelers at Arrowhead, and the Rams take on the Cardinals on Monday night. Who do you got the winners in those games? Okay, I got um, – of course, I have the Chiefs. That's the easy one. Um <laughs> I do, however, have – I don't want to say this, but I got this weird feeling that the Eagles might upset the Buccaneers. I don't know what it is, but I just got this feeling just with the way they've been playing, the way they run the ball, what Tampa's dealing with. I know they have Tom Brady, um, but they have a lot of talented guys that have been hurt that are coming back from injury, and it's tough to get your footing underneath you. 
Right. Um, especially playing a physical team. And I know it's a, a home game, but that could possibly be an upset. I have the Rams winning. I think they, they've been kind of underachieving, but um, sometimes teams with guys like that, um, it kind of takes time to mesh, and hopefully they can hit a stride there. Um, am I missing someone? Uh, the 49ers and Cowboys. 49ers, Cowboys, yes, yes. I'm in Dallas right now, so they're going to hate me for this, but I got the Niners. <laughs> <laughs> Say it. Say that's it. One of those that's 50-50. Um, but yeah. I, I got the Niners winning this game. Um, you just never know what you're going to get with the Cowboys. Um, it's hit or miss. It's, you know, feast or famine. And, and you can't be that way as a playoff team. You got to be, you know, hidden, hidden on all cylinders. And I don't think they've been doing that lately. Jeff, if you start getting a, an abundance of online orders from San Francisco, that the Bay Area – I think you just figured out no. why you did. So congratulations ahead of time. No, yeah, I hope it doesn't kill my business here. It's just, you know, I'm just being real. <laughs> well, I got I got two more questions for you, man. And again, I I, I want to thank you so much for just taking your time. Period. But let alone with the the challenge you guys have been having, and I'm really glad that the family's holding up and you guys are doing okay. Uh, so I'm gonna just get you out on these last two ones, man. Uh, see, look. Almost every single season over the last two, two, three years, I've said the only team that can legitimately beat the Chiefs are the Chiefs. But here's the thing, man. When it comes to this current championship run, I don't think that's the case. I actually think there's something else or another element that can detour the Chiefs from getting to their second championship in three years. And that's horrific officiating. And I know that you've said some things on Twitter as well. I have been unbearable, and I've been bitching and complaining about the officiating, in particular with that Bengals game that pretty much decided the one seed in the AFC. It, do you think that officiating can be something that can detour the Chiefs from getting another championship? Or do you think there's a team out there that can legitimately dethrone them? Because to me, I don't think there's a team that can beat the Chiefs when they play at their best and they get fair officiating. What say you, Jeff? Yeah, I... Given, you know, the perfect circumstances, I don't think the Chiefs um, could lose to anyone. I do think officiating uh, can be an issue at times. But the playoffs, they usually do a good job. But, I mean, you know, what year was that? 2018 AFC Championship game. They decided that one. So, yeah, um, you, you just never know. Um, it's one of those things where, as a player, you know, you get the, you know, the day before you get the production stuff. You know who the, you know, the referees are. You know what they're calling. So you kind of have foresight on that, but also you, you try not to you think about it. You just go out there, you play the game, and you do everything in your power to, to make sure that um, you're giving yourself the best opportunity and you're not leaving plays in the field because they're going to make mistakes. It's inevitable. They're human. It happens, but you, you want to leave no doubt. Um, but unfortunately, you know, there are situations where you have them take games from you, like the Cincinnati game. And I'm thinking when I lost 40 pounds in the offseason after he lost to New England in the AFC Championship game. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you and me both. That guy lost like 55, man. Like straight up. <laughs> Final question for you here, Jeff. It's, a, it's the most important one. Um, if I'm ordering from Cookie Society right now, what are the three cookies that I should get? If I'm getting Jeff Allen's power rankings, give me your favorite three. My favorite three, we're going to go banana pudding, salty caramel or caramel, however you say it, and we're going to go frosted oatmeal. It's a classic, oh. old-fashioned, just out-of-this-world cookie. Um, but you can't go wrong with any of them, but that's my lineup. 
Man, you got me. I'm about to do like the the truffle shuffle from the Goonies. When he's up there just dancing on that little stump, man. You got me. You got the fat kid in me so excited. I have to do it. I, I'm ordering some today. That's it. You, you have you, to do it. And listen, man. Fair warning. When you get addicted, don't blame me. <laughs> I'm blaming you. You're the one selling it. Come on, man. You got to take listen, some responsibility in there's this. A dis there's a disclaimer. In our FAQ, in our in our, our terms and conditions, highly <laughs> addictive. You know, be careful. We got a cookie <laughs> epidemic. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, that is how the cookie crumbles with our guy Jeff Allen. You can follow him on Twitter at Jeff Allen seventy one. He's a contributor at KCSN. Him and Mike Devito, former chief, also do a really good show. Um, he, like I said, co-founder of Cookie Society, former chief, former Texan. More than anything, he is now a part of the Spoken family, and we really, really do appreciate you being here with us, man. And we'd love to have you back. And I'd love to be back. Appreciate you guys having me. Go Chiefs. Let's yes, sir. Yes, Let's sir. Go. That is our guy, go Jeff Allen. Man, that was fun. Jeff, we really appreciate you, man. That was awesome. Thank you so much. And to the whole KCSN family, they've been kicking ass, dude. BJ Kent, Craig, all those guys Absolutely. have been just – they've been killing it, man. Yeah. I mean, the growth they've already had. And, and having guys like Jeff – Jeff Allen and Mike DeVito, there's no coincidence that they're out there crushing ass like they are, man. So thank you to Jeff Allen. Thank you to Cookie Society for my weight gain. But it's going to be a happy weight gain because those cookies look fantastic. If they taste anything close to the way they look, I, I, I'm going to be the number one fan. I'm going to have to buy merch. I might have to move to Texas. I might have to do a lot of things, guys. There might be a lot of changes. Hey, Texas is great right now. <laughs> especially with Cookie lie. Society in the equation. No, especially with this weather going do, on right do now, Do they too. have like a storefront? I still hear. I think I'm still hearing in the headphones. I don't know if I'm. No, I'm he's, still okay. He's, he's okay. But, you say they have a storefront? Yeah, they have a storefront, and then and, and online stores, everything like that, dude. I've seen. I know people, the online, but I didn't know if they had like an actual storefront. Yeah, I'm, it was all. Yeah, they online. have. A, they, they actually have brick and mortar. Um, <laughs> it, it, I just. I'm like, I, I want to talk football so bad. Like this is what I like. We're here to <laughs> but do cookies. But cookies. Dude, he said banana pudding. You know what I'm saying? Like he had me right uh, there. Just, uh, just give me that white chocolate. He, he said sweet caramel or salted caramel. Like. That's my favorite. Yeah, How am I going to pick too. three, man? It's like walking into Culver's. Like when you see their menu, and like, I'm going to go wrong because there's 97 options. This man has, I don't know how many cookies he has, but he has real buttered cookies. He's you know lit off banana pudding my and next, salted My next cream. cheat day, I'm going to I'm have to throw some money as well. We're doing it. Support, we have to do it. My, guy. my next order is... Uh... Cookies. <laughs> 100%. Order. So again, it'll be here Monday. Jeff, hey man, really appreciate it. I'd love to have you back on the show, man. That was that was a great, great segment. He absolutely crushed it, man. He gave us some great insight. Straight shooter, man. Straight shooter, no bullshit kind of guy. That's those are the kind of people we need around here at the Spoken yeah, Podcast because awesome. I'm full of shit. So <laughs> let's get to the Eddie Hour. That's oh, what we've been shit. waiting for all day. Uh, Eddie, what is on the list today? What's on the docket at the all Eddie right, Hour? Man, let's fucking start this shit off with. Uh, <laughs> Why did Miami part ways with Brian Flores? Like, that's been the biggest, biggest question. I think that's been the biggest topic of NFL coaches who got fired uh, earlier this week. Now, I want to get your thoughts as to why you think he got fired and uh, potentially what franchise should push to uh, obviously signing him. You know what, when you ask those MLB questions, they get me triggered. <laughs> those don't compare. This is this is one of the most inexcusable firings I have ever seen in the history of the NFL, and I'm not trying to be hyperbolic. Brian Flores, imagine imagine having a coach that inherits Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua Tagovailoa as his quarterbacks, and they played in tandem. It was like the 1980s in that bitch, man. Like they had to play them in tandem. And he goes 1915 and goes four and two against Bill Belichick, and gets fired. Mm -hmm. Look, man. This is why poverty franchises stay poverty franchises. 
because of horrific bullshit decisions like that. Our guy Jeff Allen, I'm glad I, we got to ask him that question because I really wanted to get his insight on this. It's because of a power struggle. Man, when you got a coach that comes in here and changes things for the first time since Dan Marino, since you had the since you had Dan Marino as your quarterback, you finally get that head coach that can change things and does change things. You guys remember when he took over in 2019? When the Dolphins were supposed to, there were people literally penciling, penciling them in as 0-16 team. And he got them to five wins. The owner wanted them to tank the season. Yeah. And he still got out there with nobodies on that team. No disrespect to those players, but they didn't have notable players on that team across the board. And they won five games. And that's back when Tom Brady and Bill Belichick were together in that division. Josh Allen was there with Buffalo. And they won five games. And then you see the trajectory go up. They win twice as many from one year to the next. Then they win nine games this season with the injury problems, with the deficiencies at skill positions. There is no excuse why they made this decision this week. And if the power struggle is really the problem, and we're seeing smear campaigns now of supposedly Brian Flores told Toa Tua Tungavaloa, well, I should have taken Mac Jones. I don't believe it for a freaking second, man. I don't believe any of this crap. I think they wanted on because he was starting to become the focal point. They didn't want Dallas Cowboys volume two with Jimmy Johnson and, and, and Jerry Jones. They wanted the owner. The owner wants to be the focus. He wants to get the praise in Miami. He wants to be the guy that gets all the credit. And Brian was the one that was making the changes and because of that he didn't want that so any excuse and anything he could find to justify this horrific decision is why he took it now what's going to happen is another franchise is going to be smart enough to not just go and get brian flores but give him what he wants and you're going to see the same type of turnaround that he did for miami and gave them and then you're going to see what miami's going to do and unless they get jim harbaugh they're going to go right back to that shit bowl that we knew them to be before that maybe they can get mark anthony and jennifer lopez to dance on the sidelines for them as co-owners and maybe they'll get some people to pay attention I supposedly but if let's say they maybe you'll convince them to bring them back that's the only way I can ever see them being relevant again because this franchise was only relevant because of Brian Flores going in there and changing shit but now that he's on they're gone so best of luck to them yeah it was 100% a power struggle and I, and I think I think the, the main reason this had to do with not only Flores being who he is who is a dominant guy who's a guy that wants what he wants and puts his foot down um I don't think he believes in Tua, and I don't believe in Tua either. Um, I, I think the main reason was he was the main one pushing for Deshaun Watson, trying to get that trade done, trying to move some pieces. I think he really wanted Deshaun Watson, and I don't think the uh, the ownership wanted Deshaun Watson. They didn't want to be a part of that controversy or whatever is going on right now. But I don't think it's a coincidence either that he is out as the Dolphins uh, head coach, and the only job he's, he's, he's put in for is the Texans job. He has the only job he's being interviewed for right now. That That's not a coincidence to me. And I'm a guy that tries to read between the lines most of the time, and this is 100% speculation, but I think he's going to get the Texans job, and I think Deshaun Watson's going to stay there. I'm predicting that right now. I think he's going to be the guy that keeps him there um, because I think he wanted him the whole time. I don't. I, I 100%. I, I wouldn't want to be said that to Tua. I, he's a straight shooter guy, no bullshit kind of guy. It may not have been – the proper context is probably needed to understand why he would have said something like that, or maybe he said it differently. And that's like the bare bones of how it was or what was said. But I don't think, I really do not think he believed in Tua. I don't. Um, and Tua's obviously found ways to get hurt consistently as well. And he just hasn't been that great. Um, so I think there's just some, a lot of things just going south as far as the power struggle between the coach and the quarterback, the coach and the front office. There was just too much going on. I, I'm pretty sure that they knew he was gone uh, at the end of the season uh, for a while, for most of this year, I believe. That's how, that's how it felt. Um, 
Granted, I didn't really see it happening because I thought he's just too good of a coach. I thought he was doing really well, really well for you know the situation he was in. But I think I think the fact that he's interviewing that quickly for the Texans job uh, makes a lot of sense. And he, his connection there's a, lot, there's a lot of communication, man, that goes on behind the scenes between coaches, players, 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 coaches, coaches, GMs, coaches, blah blah blah. Like it's, it goes around. There's a lot of you know. Uh, words being thrown around. I, I believe he has a relationship with Deshaun Watson. He was trying to get there. I think Deshaun wanted to go to Miami. I don't think that's going to happen now. It, it's, apparently, it's reported that the Miami backed out immediately after the fire, you know, Flores. So it looked like Flores was, Flores was the guy pushing for that. Um, so I think I think that marriage might actually happen. I think he might find a way to keep him there in tech and, and you know, on the Texas roster, Texans roster. And, you know, I, it makes sense for me. But, yeah, the power struggle was definitely there, and it's not fair to him that he lost his job because he was trying to do what he wanted to do with his team that he's coaching. <laughs> That's kind of his right. Yeah. Uh, so, you guys I mean, remember when uh, Bill Parcells said that too? He goes, yeah. you know, if you're going to make me cook the food, you might right. want to you know, let me get some of the groceries or have a say on what the groceries are. I yeah. mean, I 100% am <laughs> 100% behind Brian Flores. I love him, man. I love, I love his aggressive coaching style. He comes from the Belichick, Belichick tree. I mean, there's not been a lot of success from those guys, but he has. That's it right there. He has, but he he's has the one. It. Yeah, he has it. I mean, you can see it. He's a young guy still. He's got a bright future. I hope, honestly, as much as I want Deshaun Watson out of this AFC, out of the AFC, I mean, I, I think him going over there would be the best thing to happen for Deshaun in his NFL career. So Yeah, I don't see any scenario that Deshaun staying in Houston. I, mean, I think it could happen. That, 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 that's my follow-up question to this. It's kind of like uh... – do you believe Deshaun Watson? If we have nothing resolved by the start of the of the season, mm. everything's still you know wherever in the stages it is now, mm-hmm. nothing's moving. Do you see Deshaun Watson even possibly being traded and play, or do you think he'll stay in Texas? Let me let me. I just, let me say, yeah, 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 I just want to say this real fast. Like yeah. about, it sucks, but imagine how funny it would be if. So Flores was trying to get Deshaun in Miami, that he couldn't get him there, and then he gets the head t- the head coaching job for the Texans, and Deshaun leaves. <laughs> like he's like chasing Deshaun everywhere. It just seems kind of funny. Look, I, first of all, I told you guys that yesterday in our in our group group thread that I don't think that Brian Flores is going to end up in Houston. Uh, I have my own reasons. I can explain them, but I think it's the same reasons that that Deshaun's not staying in Houston. It's there's a real bad culture in Houston, and I, and Jeff even said it himself. He goes, "I'm going to leave it there." Because, guys, I'll say it, and Jeff doesn't have to. The McNair family and the ownership and the brass of Houston, they're, they're terrible. They, they're not good. Like, from everything I've heard, they're not good people. Mm-hmm. And there's been some real problems inside that organization that's caused real turmoil. Back when Bob McNair said that you can't let the prisoners run the, the prison. Yeah. The you can go down a lot of paths with that statement alone. Yeah. So, and, and here's the thing. Usually when that's being said about from the, the alpha – it's usually that it's view is shared yeah. by other people that work for him, the enablers. Well, yeah, the like you that, said, they hire people you know, that look like them. You know that, yeah, exactly. You know what I'm same, saying? Same type of mindset. And, and here's the biggest reason why. Look at it like this: They hired David Coley as a fall guy, right? They hired him as a fall guy. So no yeah. matter what he did, even though he extremely exceeded expectations, still got canned mm-hmm. as a man that everybody in that organization loved from the top down. Yep. They still canned did, his ass. Did a good job. Got 17 million. So I think he ended <laughs> up winning that the whole you know debacle. Yeah. But here's the thing. Their GM keeps their job. So it makes sense of that. The, the the GM that supposedly hires David Coley to be the guy gets David Coley fired after a year, but the GM keeps his job? You really think Deshaun Watson's going to sign on for that? No. You really think that Brian Flores is going to sign on that one? He knows he's coming into a situation where the GM survives something that terrible. 
Brian Flores ain't going to be the one that makes the final call. It, on it really anything. just depends. He's on, not going. And if they, if they let Brian Flores kind of like go in there and change the culture, because that's what he did in Miami. You know, what I mean? I'm not I mean, betting on that, man. I'm just. I'm saying. not betting on that. You know who who I'm thinking uh, might go after Brian Flores, like pretty hardcore. Mm. It's going to be the Broncos. Because the Broncos Man, are just yeah, that'd be a the, perfect fit for him. Really. The Broncos are just a quarterback away from actually contending in this division. I want up you. I want up you because I liked what Jeff said about Eric Bieniemy going to New York. I don't actually currently have Eric Bieniemy going to New York. I think he's going to go to Minnesota because of his connections up there and them having a strong run or game. Jackson, it makes a lot of sense for Eric to go up there with Kirk Cousins. Coach. Yeah, yeah, Dalvin Cook and those guys. I think that's going to be the Kirk most Cousins sense. Kirk Cousins is saying he might not be back. So I, I doubt that. I think they're going to stick with somebody who's solid. And Kirk had a great season. Yeah, absolutely, he's been consistent. Okay. Hear me, hear me out on this one. John Mara, owner of the Giants, just got done talking about how he's never been disembarrassed as the Giants owner, right? Yeah. They're in desperation mode. Mm-hmm. Brian Flores is a proven coach in this league, and they're trying to get Russell Wilson. Think about that for a second. If Brian Flores goes up to New York with that stout defense, they have a good defense, good young team with some talented players on the offensive side. Russell Wilson, Brian Flores, and they, they go and get like a John Dorsey as their GM. Think about the potential that you would have on that team. John Dorsey knows skills or knows skill position players. He's drafted incredible throughout his career. He gets another chance at GM. You get Russell Wilson as your head, your quarterback for the next three to five years, and Brian Flores as your head coach to run that defense. I just when did Russell Wilson last have a success? I, when he had a top tier defense and won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Russell Wilson gets Brian Flores as his head coach. Defense Saquon Barkley toting the rock. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I, like, I I just don't see the Seahawks saying, uh, "Yeah, we'll trade him to an NFC opponent." If the Giants I, give up five first round picks, you're going to say no for a 33 year old quarterback that just had a horrible horrible uh, finger injury who doesn't want to be in Seattle no matter how hard he but, plays it, and his wife is a big marketable person who wants to live in the big city. New York City but, is the mecca. But if you're also if you're also the Denver Broncos, and I, the Denver sure. Broncos is a fucking beautiful landing spot right now because yeah. they have a, a great defense. That, that's a ready roster. They have an up-and-coming, yeah. up-and-coming offense yeah. who, who uh, no offense, is... He's a great tight end. Yeah. And you have uh, uh, the, the the wide receiver who is also a stud. You have Cortland Sutton, you have Tim Patrick. Good, yeah. solid players. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Judy's obviously a baller. That's going to be very attractive. So let's say Brian Flores goes to the Dim Broncos. That's I, You can either see Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson going to Denver. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If Peyton, and I want to I get Trevor's thoughts on this. Peyton Manning went to Denver a decade ago. Since then, they have had horrific, horrific success in getting not just a quarterback in the draft, but a free agent or a trade for a quarterback, right? So even though they've had stout defenses and really good offenses and all these other things, they haven't been able to get that. So I know the desperation level is higher than it's ever been, but here's the problem. For Russell Wilson and guys like Aaron Rodgers and other guys that could potentially be on the outs with their f- current franchises, Deshaun Watson in particular as well, and the scenario of them agreeing to go to Denver, you're not agreeing just to go to Denver and trying to pick up the pieces they've been having a failure for the last 10 years. You're signing on to go to a division that has Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Derek Carr. Like, I know those guys are confident in themselves that Russell Wilson probably believes I can win that division, and, and Aaron Rodgers clearly believes that. But think about choosing that over going to the NFC East. Where Dak Prescott is your biggest competition. No offense to Dak. He's not Patrick Mahomes. And Justin Herbert's far more talented. So I'm just trying to like paint that scenario where those guys would agree to go to a place where you're facing three potential Hall of Fame type quarterbacks in their primes. 
I, I just I don't see it, man. I, I hate to be so, so so dismissive, but I think the Broncos have to bring down their expectations a little bit at quarterback and, quite frankly, at head coach. I don't think they're going to get a Jim Harbaugh. I don't think they're going to get a Brian Flores. I think they're going to have to settle. I think they're going to have to settle for second tier. Maybe a Baker Mayfield at quarterback. Maybe go and get yourself or you know a guy more like Vic Fangio. Maybe you go and get a guy like that that's unproven at head coach or failed at head coach at a previous spot. I don't, what are your thoughts on this, Trevor? All this means is the Broncos are just going to go. You know they're going to go sign Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's, that's what I'm saying. That, this dude, has been their M.O. Happen, you know. This has been their M.O. They're going to go get a guy like that and, you know, I mean. Okay, just, just bring Brock Osweiler back. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, I think something like that's so much more likely than getting an Aaron or Russell Wilson. Kyle or Orton's like come back. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, no, man. Trevor I mean, Simeon's going to be the backup. I think Baker, I think it's a very realistic thing that Baker, if he's on the, if they end up trying, if the Browns really do want to move on from him, I think Baker's a very realistic quarterback for the Broncos. Well, I think there's a guy out there, too. I mean, I think Jameis Winston. Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, he's staying. He's staying. We Jimmy Garoppolo. That. We don't know. Jameis Winston, he only signed that one-year contract for the I Saints, I think he's right? back, though. He's, he's back. That makes sense. Sean Love, but I mean, we, yeah. that's true. That could definitely, yeah. which is yeah. most likely. But Sean I'm saying he could, he, he could hit the market, say, say the Broncos throw some more money out his way. That could be a situation, he, too. He, that would be a good fit for Jimmy him. Jimmy Garoppolo but, or Baker Mayfield. Jimmy would be a great fit yes. for the Broncos. Oh, I would, yeah. And I would love to beat his ass twice a year. <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah. but he would fit with that offense, a run-first offense. That's what he has in San Francisco. I mean, I'm just for me, for me, yes. I know I can't so. put myself in there, but I mean, Colorado sounds like a great spot to go play for. I mean, I know Sign it gets cold up. towards the end of the year, but cold. bro, I mean, you got, you got all great fan souls. base. Like, yeah. that's yeah. a great, it's a I great spot. The division, guys. The division. Of course, but just to go play fun football and have a good team. <laughs> Imagine signing up to play Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Derek Hart six times a season. I mean, dude, I mean, I'm just saying. You mentioned the Aaron Rodgers thing. If yeah, Aaron yeah. Rodgers goes to Broncos, they are 100% a contender for against the Chiefs in this yeah. division for but, taking this title. Just the, the, but again, this is what I'm saying. So, like, it's not like but play Aaron Rodgers like, I think he's going to But play the scenario that, let's say, let's say uh, Aaron decides to stay in Green Bay. Who's the automatic favorite out of the North? Green Bay. Green Bay. Yeah. Let's say Russell Wilson goes to the Giants. Who would who would you guys pick with conviction to probably win the NFC East? Dallas. I would pick the New York Giants. If Russell Wilson went there, if he went to the yeah, and you get like a Brian Flores as their head coach, I still I still, gonna, I'd still uh, pick the, the the Cowboys, but. Yeah. It's, it's just because, take, it's honestly, Russell Wilson hasn't been playing very good football this year. Yeah. And he, I, I get it, but I think a lot of it had to do with the fact he wants to be out of Seattle. Seattle has a lot of talent he's, problems. He's worse, Their offensive line is terrible. Still, he's going to worse that, weapons. Yeah, yeah, I, I the receivers say, over there are not Tyler Lockett. I was just going to sure. say that because you're you're not going to an already contending team. Yeah. Just adding you, you're contending. No, you're going to a team that's rebuilding, and mm-hmm. they're going to have to rebuild again, like with you. Sure. So it's going to take a year or two before they can even contend. I yeah. do. I do think the Browns and the and the and the, uh, the Broncos are the two best teams that are a quarterback away from being a true contender. Yeah. yeah. The Giants are not. The Russell Wilson is not going to go in there and fix that. Russell Wilson needs to go to a team that's going to help, help him. You know, he it sounds silly to go elevate a team. He needs I know to go it sounds silly ready. to talk about the wives of a player, but it does matter. I mean, when your wife is a superstar a herself, thing, why do you yeah. think Tom Brady was so fixated in going to a, a coastal city? Because he knew that Giselle needed to have an inside of it too. Same with Pat, same with LeBron James and Savannah. They knew they had two homes in Los Angeles. It made a lot of sense. Well, that's at the time. An was that a contender when LeBron went there? No. That's an emotional emotional decision between the 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 the, the, the couple. Sure. But an also emotional tie is the city he's always played for. Things like that, you know, there are emotional hey, ties to him in that city. Was, I'm just saying, like, he could very well end up staying there too. We don't know for sure that he's gone. That. I'm just saying, though, hey, we've Denver. seen. I think there's a better chance Aaron stays with Green Bay. Oh, for sure. Than, or retires. Than Russell staying. Or retires. I don't. 
I, the more I think, time, has, the more time has gone on, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to put himself into a situation where he goes somewhere else. Even if the I Packers just, win the Super Bowl, I think Aaron's back. No, he's he, too damn good still. He's, he's, he's too he's damn MVP good. League, yeah. man, again. I, he's too damn good. I would good. say if he wins the Super Bowl, it is more likely I think for him he, I think to he leaves. retire. Yeah, yes. I think he's gone. I think he retires. I, I he don't, wins. I don't, think, I don't think Aaron Rodgers like you. Uh, will he's play a different for any, cat, bro. I don't think he'll play for any other NFL team. I just don't see it. Because of his personality and who he is as a like as a person, yeah, I just don't see him going out there and playing for somebody else. If he's if he's petty, Aaron Rodgers, that I know he would go to like pull Brett Favre and go to the Vikings go and try to Vikings, try to beat yeah. his own team. But um, <laughs> and he did, yeah, that's what, exactly. Brett yeah, Favre did. Brett Favre <laughs> balled out when he was like, I mean, threw a ton <laughs> of interceptions, but he balled Lost out to the Saints in that uh, horrible interception. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. There's gonna be a lot of movement, man. I'm really interested to see this Deshaun Watson situation play out, and a lot of different. Man, man, see if Trey Lance can become the guy in, in San Fran. You know, like I don't. Who knows, man? Who who knows? Who's gonna take the the Chicago job with Nagy out? That's a good job too, man. You got Justin Fields, who's a I believe in 100. percent I think the kid's a stud. Um, I would like to see who's gonna coach him. I think that could also be a great spot for BNME to go to Chicago. We haven't really mentioned that Chicago spot much, but. I, I think I think him I, and Justin Fields, he would have fun with that. I just don't see Ch- Chicago kind of giving that uh, benefit of the doubt to another um, project, kind of like what Matt Nagy was. Well, Matt Nagy is a very much a different kind of coach than than enemy is. Matt Nagy tries to he outsmarts himself too much. He's yeah. like one of those coaches that tries to like get really cute too much, and he does like the, like when there's it's a very yeah, obvious but, play. He does the obvious like why enemy's like I'm gonna run through you, bro. Yeah, like that's enemy style. Hey, I wouldn't be opposed to it. it, it let's say Arab enemy leaves, and the Chiefs are like, hey Matt Nagy, you wanna be an OC again? I would not be opposed to that. And like, well, Jeff brought it up about nepotism. As funny as that sounds, and as effed up as it sounds, a lot of times it is true. So if Andy is comfortable with a guy that has been on a staff before, I, I do expect that to happen. I think that you can see either Mike Kafka great, get elevated great, to OC or Nagy come back as an OC. He's a great OC. I'll yeah. give him that. He was as good. A, he was as a good head OC. coach, as a I mean, head coach. His, his final season with the Chiefs was 2017, and yeah, that was yeah. Alex Smith's Bro, I love, career. I love yeah. Matt Nagy. Like, yeah. I'm not even gonna yeah. act like I don't. I don't think he's the best head coach. I don't think he had all, a winning record with Mitch Trubisky. This is what yeah. I'm saying. He was in the playoffs <laughs> twice with Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think, I think he's got a bad rep. I just, I think I just he just think, went to a bad situation. That's what I think happened. Well, and they he, couldn't. Yeah, I mean, they couldn't get the the roster couldn't stay healthy. Yeah, Khalil he Mack was in and a, out. He went to a team where they had already like picked their quarterback, yeah. so he had to build over around, Deshaun Watson yeah. and Patrick Mahomes. So he had, they had to build around that. <laughs> yeah. So they kind of put him in a bad it's situation. It's a tough division too, man. You the got, Vikings were a playoff team at that yeah. time. The, the obviously the Packers. Rogers, the Rogers, I mean, yeah. you're in a, like you said, like yeah, that division's tough. So. I think Matt. I think Matt. I think Matt Nagy could land another head coaching gig, possibly. I think that's definitely possible for him. I I think he. I I think he'll be more of a OC if 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 anything. And he's a good. He's a he's a good post game presser guy too. He always gives good like. Sometimes he could be a little. He starts back as an OC, and then we'll see. Yeah, that's what what I'm thinking. Uh, He's in his mid 40s, so he'll get a chance. I don't think Chicago would kind of go again with that kind of project guy, kind of elevate from OC. They want more, more solidified. I I think they're looking more into like a Doug Peterson, Brian Flores, kind of somebody that's already kind of. It's a great spot for a new, or even like a a, a coach trying to make a name for himself, or like a solidified guy, even a hardball man coming there. And you know, you got Justin Fields. uh, What's that, Justin Fields? Justin Fields, man. So. I'm sure, He's gonna be a franchise guy for them, I'm sure bro. Doug He's a Peterson stud. would be a great, great uh, landing spot for him, just because I know. Look what he did with Carson Wentz. Yeah, and he fucking he. Doug Carson Wentz was having Doug that MVP season before he got hurt. Yeah, yeah. Anybody so, who can win that Super Bowl the way they did, you know. Yeah. 
I mean, with Nick dude, Foles, dude. Was it the like, NFC Championship where they all fucking wore like those uh, dogs masks yeah, or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just like underdogs, underdogs. I yeah. was like, I, I'm a, but I mean, obviously, I'm very biased to our KC coaching oh. staff. Like, I love Peterson. I love Maggie. I love I love the enemy to, to death. I want to see all these guys succeed, man. Just because those are our guys and they come from our tree. So, uh, there's gonna be there's gonna be this is gonna be a wild off season, man. This is gonna be a wild off season as far as coaches and players and the shuffling around. Oh so. shit, I was asking it's questions, excited. right? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, you're still asking questions. <laughs> we got lost in the sauce. Well. That's a good conversation, yeah. though. I like that. Yep. Uh, so uh, let's see. Next question: Why why uh, didn't Brand Staley take the tie against the Raiders? As it seemed the Raiders were aiming for a tie with 30 seconds left on the clock. I can't imagine it's anything other than Brian Staley is just not at a place where I feel comfortable as him as a head coach in this league. I mean, you he had he squandered it so bad. He's the first head coach to miss the playoffs with a 5,000-yard quarterback. Justin Herbert threw 5,000 yards this season and missed the playoffs. The only quarterback to ever do that. Yeah. Like and and, and here's they the were thing. A lock four weeks it ago wasn't to so it yeah. wasn't so on the if it wouldn't have been so on the nose about Brian Staley being horrendous in that final game, I wouldn't put all the blame on him. I, I put a large amount – I would put over 50% of the blame on Brandon Staley for them missing the playoffs this season. That goes above their horrific run defense. Mm. That goes against any falters they had against bad teams this season, like the Texans when they got whooped by, what, 19 points just a few weeks ago against the Texans. That goes above Justin Herbert playing bad down the stretch or not as good as we thought he was going to be down the stretch. I, I, when you take a timeout like that, when the Raiders were literally showing you, we're gonna we're gonna go for the tie here. Yeah, like we're, we're, we're in no hurry. I fully believe that's what was happening. They're on like the forty-two yard line or forty-one yard line. They're not kicking a field yeah, goal before there. The, yeah. Before he called the timeout, they, they had the just yeah. Before yeah. they before he called the timeout, the the Raiders ran a run a run play at the left and side. And you see Justin Herbert even say on the sidelines, "I've never wanted to tie more badly yeah, in my life." Yeah, yeah. But like you saw him go to the left side, uh, run to the left, and then. They didn't run and line up again to run another yeah. play before. No, they they took they, they gave the ball to the ref. Yeah, they were moved, casually just moving, smooth, slowly yeah. moving to the uh, to the to the line. And I don't care what Rich Passaccia says, he was going for the tie. Derek, yeah, Derek Carr was uh, about to hike the ball. You yes. saw they, they were about to. Well, run I mean, and Derek play. Carr was doing what the good Lord would want to do: do unto <laughs> others as you you know you want them to do unto you. Yeah. You so, know, so he was going to give them that tie, get both of them in, because that's yeah, what he would want them to do for him. You know, so. the Christ-like thing. So it was perfect, man. Oh uh, yeah, there's there's no other way of putting it other than Brandon Staley just simply failed his team, and I am concerned about them running down, going down because I told you guys from the very beginning of the season, I told you guys back in September on our prediction show, the reason I did not have the Chargers as a playoff team is because I have no idea what the hell Brandon Staley is as a head coach, and when you have a young quarterback like Herbert with a young head coach, an unproven head coach, that is a recipe for disaster. It is no different, really, if you think about it. Then what happened with the Jacksonville Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer? When you have a head coach that has more to prove than your quarterback, that is a problem. Why do you think it's worked so well with with uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid? Because Patrick Mahomes was one that was unproven. Andy Reid already had 16, 17 years as a head coach, already had been to a Super Bowl, already won a ton of games. That's how it works. You don't have it the other way around, and it worked that way. That's why that was a problem. And now, Brandon Staley, who was a D.C. with the Rams the year before he got the head coaching job with the Chargers, had a great defense, had great players across the board, so no wonder he looked great. And then you see him move over. I know that you got to take a couple years to get your defense back into things, but it can't look that bad where they're giving up 130 rushing yards a game when you have Derwin James and Joey Bosa and all those guys up the middle. They have a they have an almost an impenetrable defensive line. Those guys are loaded. 
and I they just, were getting they were getting beat each and every week by whoever they were facing. I just I I just want to understand. I, I that's from, since it happened, I tried to understand like the logic behind why he would take that timeout. Do you think you're getting the ball back? What are you trying to do right. here? Well, it was third down. It was third down. Yeah. It was third and eight. So I, th- I. Yeah, but all they had to do was like, how many times I have left? But you're in the that playoffs if you tie. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, so what like are the logic behind that is like he just refused to tie. And the crazy, that, the crazy, and, that way? and the That's crazy a, thing, the crazy thing you see after the game, <clears throat> one of the Raiders talking to yeah. uh, Eckler. Yeah, you know, and he covered his mouth. And then all you see, I'm like, sure, oh, I'm sure, shit, yeah. I'm sure the Raiders guy was like, "Yeah, we're going for the tie," but your guy called timeout, and you saw Echo's reaction, kind of like. Think, and, and I, oh, yeah, I yeah. immediately thought about it this way: he, This is his first year as the head coach. The dude just lost his locker room. You sell, you sabotage that entire roster, worked their ass off in this tough yes. ass division to make the playoffs, and you decided to take a timeout <laughs> to keep them from the playoffs. Dude, you that, he he lost his locker room, bro. Yeah, you are not going to recover because from that. Derek Carr. When they add, that was the first question they You're asked. You're not going to recover. Like, from are we that. aiming yeah. for a tie? What yes. was happening? It's like, oh, the, the, I mean, you, you know. just told me to, to yeah. go for a tie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw Burn Bush. <laughs> so he kind of like made it seem like they were aiming for a tie, but then they called a timeout, so things changed. That's what it said. Yeah, Dude. once they called the timeout, things changed. Yeah. Like, cause that proved, cause it was thirty eight. What are things? What changed? I don't. Know, I don't know how you recover from that as a head coach. But I'm saying it was thirty eight. They were gonna run another generic play, let mm-hmm. the clone run run, run yeah. out, cause that's pretty much how, what it was gonna happen. When he called that timeout, it told the Raiders, "Yeah, uh, we're gonna stop you here on the, <laughs> on, the, on the on your third down. Mm-hmm. We're gonna make you kick a field goal. And we're gonna get the ball back." And then we're going to go. They weren't even in field goal range at that moment. Are they? That's what yeah. I'm yeah. They're on the 41 yard line, punt. I believe. Yeah, we're going to make you punt. And then we're going to get the ball back. Yeah. But here's the thing the Raiders can just run the clock out anyway, and the Chargers are in the playoffs. That's yeah. the yeah. focus of all this. Yeah. Is it taking the timeout made literally no sense? Because the Raiders aren't kicking a field goal from the 41 yard line. That's a 60 yard p- field goal. They're not doing that. Because if they miss it, then you get the ball, and then you can go and, and get 10, 15 yards and get a field goal, and then the Raiders are out of the playoffs. The, the crazy thing, like, let's. Let the next, the very next play, the first play after that timeout, they ran the ball for like ten yards. Yep. I'm like, well, that's over. Yeah. Picked it up, game over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, like, that, well, that's, man, that's one of the weirdest situations I've ever seen in foot in, in the NFL. Like just the idea that they could have tied and both went, and then they, they, the, the situation was there, it was ready to go, and they chose, they chose <laughs> the cra- not to take it. Like craziest, that is the craziest crazy. Shit, the craziest shit was that in order for them to go in was a yeah. tie. And the the whole game, they were actually going at each other. Well, not were, even yep. just that. It's not, it's not like they were like playing for a tight. No, they were actually both playing for a win. Not even just that, dude. It was like, perfect. Like, not only did he not he, did he lose his locker room with that, he lost the franchise quarterback's trust because that franchise Justin Herbert had to convert five straight fourth downs, yeah. five on one. He had, I think it was four on one drive. But in, 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 in that that amount of time, there was five converted fourth downs, and they converted them. He went through and he, he made those plays to get him in the position to even make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And you choose. You take it away from him, bro. Mm-hmm. Justin Herbert, I guarantee you, has lost all trust in him. I just don't understand how you well, – how do you even explain that when you get back into that locker room? Like, I can imagine walking into that locker room, dead-ass quiet in there. And those guys are just looking at you like, how? Like, what? why? Why time bro, out? Th- you lost him, bro. That's a, that's From grown men to grown men, you, you, I, just, I mean, that, I don't know how they really recover from that, honestly. And I'm, I'm here for the Chiefs to reap all the benefits. So, all right. Um, Devin Booger spoke on uh, on, on his uh, constant comparisons to Kobe, and he was quoted saying, what? "I am inspired by Kobe and my mentality, but I am not Kobe." 
pretty much wanting those comparisons to stop. Just mm. uh, I don't know if he meant it as like I'm not Kobe as in like show respect to Kobe. That's definitely yeah, show respect. Which is kind of how I see it. Yeah. But a lot of people are taking it to where like he thinks he's better he, than Kobe. Exactly. Nah. So I mean that that's my question. Even if it is guys. that, go ahead. So that's my question. I, I have a problem with it even being brought up when he's so focused and fixated on making sure that a, a mascot isn't behind the you know the basketball goal because I have a hard time believing Kobe would have really been tripping on that. I don't really know what else to say about this. Devin Booker's really had a, a weird last week or so uh, because this statement, whether you take it one side or the other, doesn't really make sense. to Even if people are bringing it up, I don't think it's something that at 24 years old should be really be talked about at this point. I mean, Le- LeBron's are embracing the whole MJ discussion. When he had already been a champion and he'd already been like deep into his career. Right. I think this is year five for Dev. And that's coming from a guy that was glorified from day one, yeah, the chosen like, one and all that. Like, you know? Booker, no offense to him, he's an awesome player and everything yeah. to his his own credit. And he was like a, a student of Kobe Bryant. Mm. But I feel like it's not really that time for him to even like acknowledge it, if that he's makes sense. He's a great player. He's not that far into his career yet. So for him to even like bring it up or talk about it or embrace it even in this time, I feel it doesn't do him any good. Because here we are now discussing what he even meant. Is it a valid comparison? All these other things. Like, it doesn't really do anything well, good for his Well, the question was brought to him. I right? get it. Yeah. But I'm saying, I don't even feel like it's something that he needs to, like, d- dive deep into and embrace until he's already put himself in a caliber where I feel he can do that. Because actions are obviously going to be what we bring up to when we're comparing player to player, not... You know, they said this or they said this. It's LeBron going out there and going to eight straight champ or eight straight finals. Let's talk about him and MJ. Let's talk about him winning four MVPs. Let's talk about why he compares to Michael Jordan. Not, hey, you have a similar game and you liked Kobe and Kobe liked you. You're 24 years old. What do you think? I don't think that's something he shouldn't even have to talk about at this point because he's far too young in his career to even be compared to one of the 10 greatest players who have ever lived. Yeah, I mean... I- I'm not reading too much into it. I mean, whether he he meant it that, you know, I'm not Kobe, meaning that he thinks he's better than Kobe, because he's within his prerogative to think that. Every I think every player should try to have that confidence, especially a star, superstar player at his abilities. He's one of the better scorers in this league. It has been pretty much since he entered the league. He's a very crafty, good, really good shooter. Um, and has got actually gotten better on all facets of all facets of his game. I don't like him that much personally. I think he kind his personality kind of kind of annoys me a little bit, but um, I can't deny what the guy does on the floor. And, you know, if he gets those comparisons to Kobe, you know, I mean, uh, that's kind of a, a reach in my mind at this point of his career. He's got a lot more to prove. Granted, he's, you know, he's had some success as of late. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's probably meaning it. If I, if I know him and what he's always said about and what Kobe means to him, ain't no way I'm believing this guy is putting himself over Kobe in that, in that tone. Mm-hmm. I think the tone of his response was, you know, don't even – Put me on that tier right now. Yeah, Kobe's an absolute. Yeah, that's yeah. that's his favorite player of all time. That was his MJ. You know, and that's how a lot of these guys in this. And, and that's this how I are. took those words. Yeah. But I know Twitter, Twitter's Twitter. Twisting this is things. why you should just stay away from it. Yeah. Distance yourself from conversations yeah, like that. Yeah. I mean, that. he always is wearing his Kobe and GG jacket. You know, is his gear. He's always you know supporting and, and you know the 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 Bryant family and all that. So. His ties are deep with with Kobe, and, man. And I think because of his ties, I think he gets those comparisons a lot more than yeah. anybody else because the way he was connected to Kobe. Mm-hmm. I think that's why those comparisons. Well, yeah, I mean, Kobe was Kobe was like a, a mentor to him when he first came to the yeah. league. You know, he told him, you know, just go be great, and told him all those things, and helped him, you know, kind of mentor him. And yeah, I mean, it's an it's, it was a huge impact to his life. So I I one hundred percent believe that was out of respect. And you know, and no slight there at all. And I, but, I think the comparisons are kind of odd because they play nothing really, not really alike in my mind. Ask, but yeah, like, do you think the comparisons are granted? No, 
No, Kobe was Kobe was much more of an elusive. Play. Booker's a great shooter, but he doesn't have like the handle that Kobe had. Kobe, Kobe was, was a much better, defender. much more incredible one-on-one offensive player. Booker is more of a, he kind of is an off-ball guy. He likes to catch and shoot. He's a good more of a mid-range shooter. Uh, very clutch. So I will say that he has he has a good clutch gene. Um, but I mean, him and Kobe, their styles are just different. They don't they don't really mimic each other. But I mean, the, maybe the mentality thing is what people are alluding mentality. to. Yeah, he's a killer. He goes, you know, he likes to. He wants the ball in his hands at all time. He wants to take the shot. So I'll give him that. Maybe the mentality of the you know of, of Kobe is kind of resemblant, but their their styles are definitely different. Kobe could do a lot more on the court, yeah. especially defensively. All right, last question. Uh, record, reports came out a few weeks ago that the the Panthers uh, would listen to potential trades for Christian McCaffrey. I want to get your thoughts on that and what's a, let's say, what team do you think should trade for uh, Christian McCaffrey? Uh, there's there's an endless amount of suitors for him out there. It's gonna it's gonna really come down to who can fit his new contract in their books and why they would want to do that with a with a running back that's expensive that not only is expensive but has now a a history of injury problems and it's always concerning when a guy at his position has a, a series of history a history of, of injury problems and he's still in his twenties. Because you know it's not getting any better. Uh, I, w- I would have a hard time believing that there's going to be a team that uh, is really close or is already contending that's going to take him on. Does he make sense for a lot of teams? Hell yeah, he does. But I think he's going to end up on a, on a team that's pretty mediocre, more more so on the Panther side that needs to sell tickets, that wants to add some flair to their offense and hope for the best with him while paying him an exorbitant amount of money that he's going to have for the next two to three years. I think a team that fits uh, that he fits really well with. I mean, it, it's tough to say. Uh, I would say Jets. No, they're a terrible team. I think that I think the Dolphins could really use him a lot. I think a team like the Dolphins or Tua could dump it off to him. That you know, a team that has a struggling quarterback doesn't have a lot of really good running back play. I'd say like the the Dolphins. If there was a contender that I would entertain, I think the Bills. The Bills would be a team that I think would make a lot of sense. They have a lot of cap space. Um, he fits their offense, and they desperately need a running back that can that can facilitate. Do you like Singletary or whatever? They're not incomparable to McCaffrey. Uh, Singletary and who, who's the other running back up there? Zach Moss. Zach Moss. They're not comparable to McCaffrey. I don't. Yeah. So don't, that's what I'm saying. I'm really grasping at straws here. I think he's going to end up with a mediocre team that has cap space and just wants to sell tickets. Yeah, I think I think a desperate team is more likely going to try to go get him. I think the Texans make sense uh, just to go get a star player, have someone of note to get some asses in the seats, and to try to maybe persuade Deshaun to stay there and, and you know give Flores a new toy if he gets that gig. That's definitely a possibility. Um, that would be a great pairing with with Deshaun Watson if he decides to stay there with the, having McCaffrey. Um, but I, there's I mean there's a lot of good young running backs and there's a lot of there was a lot of good running backs that drafted this past year so. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it depends, man. He's at the, it's definitely for me, it's going to be a, a desperate team. It could be Jacksonville, you know, it could be one of the, granted they drafted ETN, but he had a major injury. Um, so who knows? He's cheap. He's a rookie, but he, who knows how he comes back if he's not himself, which I really hope he is. Cause that kid is, was the best running back in the draft. And I expect him to be back. Um, but who knows, man? I mean, it's, it's someone's gonna who has gonna be willing to take on that uh, that not only that risk for the player, the individual himself, and the injury status, um, but that contract, man, is whopping for a running back, and it's just silly to take on that kind of burden for a, a very volatile position, the most volatile position in the league. Um, I love the kid, man. I want to see him succeed. Um, he's always put up great numbers when healthy. 
So I would like to see him go to a team that is fairly competitive because I want to see him have some kind of success in his in his career. But I think the Texans is definitely a team to kind of look out for. I think they're looking to bring a, a, a note because they don't have outside of Brandon Cooks. You know, they don't have anybody. I mean, they, they extended Rex Burkhead to be their lead running back. You know, they had the corpse of David Johnson over there right now. So I think McCaffrey <laughs> would be a great draw for the fan base to at least go have something fun to watch while he's healthy. So I think that would be my, so, my top team to, to list off. Do you think he'll get traded or do you think he'll stay? I mean, McCaffrey? Yeah. I think he's gone. Yeah, they're putting that out there in the press before the year was even they're, over. They want to it, offload that contract. Yeah, they're looking to get rid of him and move on because they got to make some changes. That is a, That team is good. They have good receivers. Um, I don't know what they're going to do in their quarterback so position. You think they're in rebuild mode, or you think they're going to? I think they're going to lean into Donald this next year at least. Uh, I think Donald was he was doing he was playing well. He had a couple bad games, but he was playing. And then you know, then Cam mono. Cam came and it was just yeah, it was just got a, mono and I don't know that was like that was. He didn't see any ghosts this year, which is a plus. Yeah, you know what I mean? So um, yeah, I, different I, stadium. Maybe <laughs> that's why it's not haunted. Yeah, they, they exercise the ghosts. Um, but I, I think Donald is going to be their guy next year. And I think Donald is a capable quarterback. I do. I think he's got a good arm. He's just kind of a goober. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I, I definitely believe that Chris McCaffrey is definitely gone. If they're putting it out there that early before the year is even over and they're getting feelers for it, someone's going to buy him, dude. It's Chris McCaffrey. That's one of the biggest names in the league. And he's one of the most talented, uh, dangerous offensive weapons in the league. So someone's going to buy it. Yeah, so I think that contract is what's pushing teams a little bit back. Someone's going to spend it, bro. Someone's going to, some, it's probably going to be the Texans. They're a desperate team like that. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Uh, is that it for the Eddie Hour? All right, man, that was that was awesome. We were moving right along. We have just a couple more segments to get to. This is the one that I've been really looking forward to as well. I mean, I, I look forward to every single segment. But this one is the one that we're putting some things officially down when it comes to the NFL playoff preview. And we're going to talk about the wild card round. And obviously next week we'll talk divisional round, conference championships, and then Super Bowl as they come about. So today we have two games in particular as we're recording this. We have the Bengals and the Raiders. And then we have the Patriots and the Bills. So, I want us to give our official predictions here as far as, not necessarily scores, we can put that on our social media platforms when before the games today, uh, but I, I definitely want to break these these uh, these these four games, uh, five games down for this week and, and get this going. Uh, so, let's, let's start right here at the heart of it. I was actually on the Big Mahomes show with Pat Mahomes Sr. this week. Uh, that episode should be dropping soon. Uh, and he asked me these very questions. There were a couple predictions that I had that I was extremely confident in this week that I uh, that I, I knew from Monday what I was going to take, and I knew who I was going to take. And there was a couple games that I was very nervous about. I have my answers down, and I hope you guys are ready for chaos because I know I am. Let's start with uh, wrong. the Bengals hosting the, the Las Vegas Raiders. Our guy, uh, Jeff Allen, got me on the Oakland Raider thing again, so I had to <laughs> revert back. So the Bengals beat the Chiefs a couple weeks ago, and they look like an offense that's absolutely unstoppable. They have a very good defense, not a great defense, but a good enough defense to make things uh, – they can wreak havoc for you on, on, on your offensive side, make things very long. This this franchise, this fan base has been dying to get a playoff win since 1990, in fact. And it's been a long time coming. Joe Burrow is the truth. I think Joe Burrow is going to be one of the five best quarterbacks going into next season. I think Jamar Chase is already one of the five best receivers in football. I think this team can score on anybody and can beat anybody any given time, which is why I'm picking the Raiders in this game. Because of the fact (laughs) that the Raiders are a team that nobody, literally nobody with any sense or logic in their brain picked them to be here in the playoffs. 
I didn't know anybody that wasn't a Raiders fan that had them in the playoffs. They were a team that not I only did. did you really? I had the Chargers and the Raiders. Holy shit! Well, we you know, I take that, that back. Outside of Eddie, who is clearly an oracle, our oracle of the show. I almost had the, almost had I the had Chargers the, and Raiders. I had the Raiders I had as a five. I had the, I had the Raiders as a five-win team. Yeah, uh, and that was with John Gruden still intact. That was with Henry Ruggs. Yeah. That was with a, 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 Arnett. a uh, Arnett. Both yeah. two first-round picks from just 20, 2020. Yeah, both are gone. John Gruden's gone. They had Ritz Passaccia basically just walk in, and I thought their season was one hundred percent over. And then this team goes out here and gets themselves in the playoffs and earned it. Unlike the Steelers, they went out there and won it. They went out there and claimed it. Derek Carr has been balling out. Here's the most important part. He won four games down the stretch without Darren Waller, his best receiving option. Josh Jacobs started playing better. Their front four on defense started getting to all the quarterbacks they were facing that's outside of Patrick Mahomes. That's been a good front all year. Max year. Crosby is one of the most underrated players and underappreciated Gokwe. players in this league. And Gakwe, their defense has been playing so damn good down the stretch. They made Justin Herbert's night a living hell. Outside of that last drive, he looked lost in that I, game. I, I think, I think what's his name? Their coach should get coach of the year. I, I would be tempted. But let I me mean, finish this him thought. Brable, like I'm just saying. Let, me, let me finish this thought. Yeah, yeah. You look at this matchup, and everyone just automatically assumes the Bengals are the better team. And, and honestly, they, they are. They have the home field advantage and all these things. But look at how the Raiders have been playing going into this game. The act of desperation. A team that believes in themselves. A team that believes that they have the destiny. A quarterback who's finally confident down the stretch. I know the whole weather aspect of things makes people worry, but I don't worry about that anymore with Derek Carr. I think he has turned a tide. I think he's a quarterback that deserves a lot of respect. I think the Raiders, I know this is going to piss a lot of our viewing audience off, but I have have to be, I have to be real, and I have to give you as an honest take here. So I'm going to give you an honest take. I think the Ra- Raiders are one of those teams that deserves all the respect in the world for getting to this place. They earned their spot. They won 10 games this season. 10! They won 10 damn games to get to where they're at. That is not easy to do, even if there is a 17th game in the schedule. They went out there and did what they needed to do to get and here. they're only getting blown I out, think, really. I think, their, I think their pass rush is going to make Joe Burrow's day hard. I'm not saying Joe Burrow's going to suck today. I'm not saying that. And this could all end up firing back at me, and the Bengals can end up whooping their ass. But there's something to this Raiders team that I cannot ignore. Even though I am a Chiefs fan, even though I am somebody who has shit on this Raiders team as much as I possibly could, i got to give them their flowers today, guys. I believe they're going to go in here and pull a massive upset on the Bengals, make Joe Burrow's day hard because their offense, the Bengals' offensive line is bad, and the defense for the Raiders is very good at getting to the quarterback. I think Derek Carr, with having Darren Waller, which by the way, the Bengals' defense. So I just, I just gave them credit and said they're a good defense. You know who's the worst defense in the league against tight ends? The Bengals mm-hmm. and Darren Waller. Earlier this year, obliterated them. Had over 120 receiving yards and a touchdown. I think he's going to go off again this game. I think Josh Jacobs is going to do enough. And I think their defense is going to facilitate the Bengals enough to win this game at a very close. I'm not going to get my score yet, but I think the Raiders win this game. Trevor, what do you got? Yeah, let me say this too. Uh, you mentioned you know how Derek Carr went on that run without uh, Darren Waller. I want to give some kudos to the, guys that, to the guy that was there producing on a very high level, which is Hunter Renfro. Well, a very unlikely hero, on put him on any roster, a very unlikely guy you look at. He looks like he's a water boy out there. The guy has been balling, yeah, getting re- receptions, yards, touchdowns. He's, in a, in a, dude, clutch. he's an incredible route runner. Yeah, like, place. watching him, dude, yeah. it looks like, like it's crazy. Like, some of the routes he's run, I'm like, is that Cooper Cup or is that Hunter Renfro? It's crazy. His skill, he has a, a great skill. And that goes back to his years in college, man. He was a stud. So, I want to give him kudos, too, because I like watching that guy. As much as I hate the Raiders... I got mad respect for Hunter Renfro. The dude's got, he's got grit too. I've seen him get banged up and limping around and still getting out there making plays. I got respect for gritty guys like that. Um, yeah, man. All look, 
As much as it pains me to say this, the Raiders are a playoff team, and all due respect, they they earned it. Every last bit of it they earned it this year. Um, Derek Carr, biggest game of his year was last week, man. Big, biggest game of his career was last week, and he he, he overcame it. And he was even going to do the nice thing, the gentleman thing, and, and go, you know, give uh, give a tie and get both those teams in. But, you know, it is what it is. They went out there and took that victory nonetheless. But that that train stops here, man. Uh, the, the Bengals, this Bengals team is just too far talented. Um, they're they're well coached. It's an aggressive offense. That coach is not gonna make the similar mistakes that were made uh, in the Chargers the Chargers game. I just I just think this is a mismatch, honestly, for them. I think there's too much firepower um, going against that lackluster secondary. Uh, I don't think that secondary is going to be able to hang with these receivers, man. I just don't. I think Joe Mixon is a problem as well in the in the, the passing game. I just think he, that. This is a team that can go put up 50 on these boys, man. Um, it's in Cincinnati. It's in, the, it's in the jungle, and I 100% do believe the weather is going to be a factor for Derek Carr. Derek Carr has never been good in cold weather games. He's just, it's, oh, that's been his Achilles heel since college. Anytime he plays in outdoors, it's going to be probably windy and cold. I just don't. It's just a bad combination. I, I, I think this game will be competitive for the most part, but I do think since he ends up pulling out a double-digit victory here, I, and I, I just don't. I don't. I don't. I just don't see a path where the Raiders really upset them. Um, I want to see it. I'd like to see it. Why not? Um, that helps us more because we know we have the Raiders' number. So if we end up seeing them, that's a much better desirable matchup for us. I just. I just think Joe Burrow's far, far better talented quarterback. Um, I think he's good at getting the ball out quickly, and the Raiders like the blitz a lot. And like we've already talked about on the show already about Patrick Mahomes and and Joe Burrow being great against the blitz. This is the reason Patrick Mahomes destroyed the Raiders twice this year because they tried to blitz him and get after him. And both these quarterbacks are great at make, putting up points and evading the blitz and going through their reads quickly and getting the ball into the hands of the guy, the right guy at the right time during the blitzes. And I think that's what Joe Burrow is going to do. I think Joe, Mix, Joe Mixon is going to be the guy this game. I think he's going to not only run for a lot of yards, I think he's going to catch some passes and score himself a couple touchdowns. I don't even think they need the receivers to beat the guys. I just think this is going to be a game where, this is gonna be a game where the, the, the Bengals just kind of do what they do, man. Put up points, and this is not a good secondary. Uh, kudos to the Raiders, man. They made it here, but I just I don't see them. I just don't see a scenario where they go into Cincy and win. Yeah, uh, I would love to pick the Raiders, and I would love to pick uh, them upsetting uh, the Bengals. Uh, earlier this year, they did play the uh, the Raiders. I believe uh, got the victory on there on that on that game, but I just I just don't see the Raiders going out there and putting. 30 plus points against this team. That cuz I think that's when that that, that is what it's going to take to to beat these uh beat this uh Joe Burrow team. Was that game in Vegas? I believe it was in Cincy. Was it in Cincy? Okay. I believe so. That was early it was like week 4 or 5 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was yeah. early in the season. So, I mean I I just I don't, I couldn't pick the Raiders to win this game for the simple fact that the weather is going to be a factor for Derek Carr. Uh we've seen him against the uh, cold weather. He does not perform. Uh, last year when they played the Chiefs, <laughs> it was, what, like 60, 70 degrees out there? So it's not like uh, he beat the Chiefs on a cold weather day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe he's, what, 0-5 in cold weather? Yeah. So I, I, I just don't see this secondary holding, uh, hold, hold, being able to keep up pace with uh, Jamar Chase and uh, 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 who's, the, uh, who's the other receiver? T. Higgins, T. Tyler Higgins. Boyd. And then you got Mixon in the back. And yeah, Uzama, the tight end. Yeah, I just don't. I don't. I appreciate the Raiders being here, I but I just don't. <laughs> I don't see them being able to withstand what Joe Burrow and the Bengals can do. 
obviously this is a a, a young Bengals team. This is the first time they've uh, they're gonna deal with uh, that pressure, uh, that playoff pressure. This so, is Derek Carr's first playoff so, game. And too. So so I don't know how the Bengals are gonna perform. Uh, they can come out there and shit the bed, and then the Braves take full advantage of that. But we can also see Derek Carr sit the bed because it's cold. So I don't. It's going to come down to who who makes the less mistakes. What I will say about this game too, what I do like about this probably more than most other matchups is both teams are rolling. Both yes. teams they're are both rolling head, heading into this yes, matchup. Both so both hot. teams are hot. Both offenses are doing well. Quarterbacks are playing. Good. Yeah. So I think this is. But this is where I think the 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 intangible things kind of come into play with the. The home, field, the home field, the cold weather. Yeah. It, since he's a tough place to go play and win. Unless you know I'm mistaken, mean? though, I, I didn't hear either mm-hmm. one of you guys mention Joe Burrow's injury. Ah, there, there hasn't been much reports about. Yeah, it. If it was anything serious, I feel like they would have missed any practice time. They've they, they've had him as a limited participant. He mentioned it himself. There's he left something, our game gimpy. Something happened. I'm not saying it's going to be a, an altering fact. But he's had two. There weeks is something, and I'm just talking about the fact there's a mobility issue. With, behind that offensive line and with the Raiders being so good at getting to the quarterback, guys, that's the kind of stuff that changes games. This is why I think Joe. This is why I think uh, but Joe, I, but, Joe Mixon's going to have himself a game. But I, but I think I think uh, Joe Burrow will do such a great job at, at abating that pressure. Yeah. Uh, well, think about it, man. I know, but this is another thing too that ties into this matchup is Raider Nations finally in the playoffs again. You know, the fan base, those fans, those fans are going to travel well. There's going to be a lot of black and silver. Uh, in that stadium, but also the Bengals are finally back in the playoffs. Joe Burrow is the future. This is almost like a all Mahomes. the pressure is on the Bengals. This though. is like a Mahomes, uh, think, all yeah, the pressure. That, yeah, this is like a Mahomes esque thing when Mahomes first got everything going, and got us into the playoffs, and got us in. We were feeling confident, you know. So it's a, it's a, gonna gonna be a clash of the momentum here. Th- but that's what I'm saying. So I can see the Bengals losing this game because of inexperience because they're still young. Mm-hmm. It's a very very. I feel young like they got to beat themselves. I don't uh, think the Raiders can go in there straight. But and beat I them. just. I, I just can't picture the Raiders going in there and just dominating this yeah. game or winning this game. I'm not saying dominate. I don't think that. I don't think that there's a. I don't think either team like covers the points. I don't think that. I think if the oh, Bengals I, win, I, I think, think they the win Bengals. by more than five and a half. I think the Bengals would win. If the Bengals win, they cover. Or they they don't cover. I should say. And I think that that. that I mean, obviously Vegas. Vegas agrees with you guys. Plus. It's five and a half point favorites at home. They clearly believe that the Bengals would be the favorites regardless of where this game was They're played. Just the better team. Just like the Chargers were the better team and the favorites going into Week 18. Yeah. I'm just saying, guys. The Raiders are doing things that I can't ignore anymore. I can't sit here and say, Nah, nah, I can't do it. They've been proving me wrong all season long. I have to give them this game because of the desperation and how they've gotten to this point. Teams like this every single year do these things where you don't expect it they come out of nowhere and then they end up in the super bowl somehow like teams like that these things happen and i just think that they're the more desperate team i think that they're not the better team just like they weren't last week or last time in week 18 they were not the better team the chargers are the better team and they took that win so i think it's going to happen again this week now moving to the second game today we have the bills hosting the patriots this is the third time they play this season obviously being divisional foes Josh Allen has beaten the Patriots three of the last four times. We know that the, both the games this season were very different. We had the game in Buffalo several weeks ago where Mac Jones literally won a game with three pass attempts. Um, you saw the fact that there was just so many, so much wind. Josh Allen couldn't get his offense in rhythm. They don't run the ball well. The Patriots run the ball 46 times. Absolutely dominate time of possession. Absolutely dominate in the trenches and won that game very ugly. I think it was 14-10 to 10, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And then we see the game in New England where Josh Allen had fine weather goes in there absolutely dominates the Patriots and and rolled on I think it was like 33 to 20 or something like that 
Uh, that all, all indications point to the Bills should win this game because it is at home. They are, I think, the better team. I think that they are prepared for this type of victory. This, 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 this. I'm picking the Patriots. And here's why. Because of the fact that this game is also going to have weather indicating what ends up happening. It's going to be below freezing in this game. There is going to be wind again. Not as strong as that first time in Buffalo. This is a game that is so much favoring Bill Belichick's, Bill Belichick's coaching style. It's ground and pound. It's ugly defense. It's making the Bills beat them on third and longs. Here's another thing that people aren't talking about a lot. Two things, and it has to do with Josh Allen and both of them. Josh Allen also has a uh, rare case. I think it's called Raynos, if I'm not mistaken. It's a Raynos disease where it, uh, in, in freezing temperatures, your feet actually go numb. You have a circulation problem. He's even admitted this himself in really cold temperatures, even in the AFC Championship last year against the Chiefs when it was, I think it was like 18 degrees outside, his feet were going numb in that game and he was really struggling to be mobile in it. I think the Patriots are going to capitalize on that and also in the last five games of the season, Josh Allen not only threw five interceptions but has a 59 quarterback rating. He struggled down the stretch to get the ball to Stephon Diggs and get it to Dawson Knox and his other playmakers in this offense. Guys, I think the Patriots are going to capitalize on this, on this climate. They're going to capitalize on Josh Allen's inability to be able to be Circular, literally and figuratively in this game. I think it's going to be another ugly game. I don't think Mac Jones is going to outduel Josh Allen because that can't happen. Mac Jones is not a good enough quarterback. In fact, I think Mac Jones currently, as it stands, is the worst quarterback in this in this playoff picture, in that, the entire playoff picture. Patriots no. running game. I, I would, I would pick, right now, I would pick Big Ben over Mac Jones. I'm dead serious. I don't know what Mac Jones is doing in big games. But as we saw in that previous game in Buffalo, when the weather was, it was, the, weather was the ultimate factor in that game, Mac Jones... Literally could have done nothing all game because he did nothing in that game, and the Patriots still won. Guys, I'm taking coaching in this game over any and everything else. Bill Belichick is not in intimidated by the Bills whatsoever. He has a winning record in Buffalo. Even recently, over the last four years, he has a winning record in Buffalo. I think the Patriots give Guys, we're talking about a season that has been nothing but chaos. Has this season gone as any of us really predicted at all? We all had the Chiefs as the one seed. We all, out of Eddie, who's a genius apparently, had the Raiders struggling all year. We didn't have the Bengals in the playoffs. I think maybe Trevor did. I don't know if you did or not. I don't think the, so. The point is, just on the AFC I side alone, I was the only one that had the Patriots at 10-7. and 7. Now, I didn't nail that. But I didn't expect them to be in a game where I have confidence they're going to win a playoff game with Mac Jones as their quarterback. But here I am. It's a chaotic year. I don't. The Bengals should win that game today. The, the Bills should win the day. You know why? They're the better teams with the better quarterbacks. But I'm taking the other teams because of how chaotic this season has been and how these games and how these matchups are aligning at this time. The, the Raiders and the Patriots right now, to me, are the more prepared teams for these games. That's where I'll leave it. I'm sure you guys will disagree, but here we go. I just want to say I think it's funny that you're not countering, countering in the or factoring in. The, the weather for Derek Carr, but you're going to factor in the cold weather for, for Josh Allen. The only reason I'm bringing it up is because Derek Carr played better Josh down Allen the stretch. plays Hart. in cold weather every year. I understand. He's been bad in, in cold weather. No, he's been Yes, he has. He was terrible mm. in the AFC Championship game. He was terrible uh, was against the Colts in the Buffalo game. Outside of that fumble, if it wouldn't have been for the fumble being recovered by his offensive lineman, they lose to the Colts in Phillip Rivers. He was terrible in that game. Yeah, I'm picking the Bills here. Um, I think that, like you said, I, th I, I think matchups make fights, and I think when they were on a fair, without a chaotic weather game, where the Patriots, where Mac Jones literally just handed the ball off all night, yawn, uh, that's the only way they won that game. And I think once Joe, there's a, I know it's going to be cold. I don't think the weather's going to be that bad. I think it's it's gonna be a, freezing. Yeah. Below freezing. I, that's fine. Like, but when we out there moving around, and they have, dude, I think we underestimate the, the heat that they have down there on the field. Those, the, the, they have heaters all around the fields. It, it's warmer down there, I think, than we, the, we think. Um, 
But uh, I, I know it's going to be cold, but I, I just think Josh Allen is, is a menace. I think he's been rolling lately. Um, he's playing his best football as the year ended. Uh, Josh Allen? Yeah, he's playing. He's play, yeah, yeah. He has, he's been starting to get way more I just, mobile. I just broke it down, though. His last five games, he has a 59 quarterback rating. I don't I don't know about that. I've been, I've been watching at, the eye test, and he's looked like he's been very playing very confident. Mac Jones has not been playing confident. He has so, five interceptions and a 59 quarterback rating in his last five games. I think this really more comes down for me. I, I believe Josh Allen more than I'll give Mac Jones. So I know, I know, you're not, I know yeah. you weren't comparing the quarterbacks, but for me, this comes down to the Bills defense against the rushing game of the Patriots. Because that rushing game for the Patriots has been, honestly, not talked about as much. Ramon J. Stevenson, Damian, uh, 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 Damian Harris, those guys, those guys have been running the button. Uh, uh, what's his name? Brandon Bolden, the, the scat back. Those, they, Bill Belichick knows how to utilize his running backs, and that yep. defense is good. I'll give you that. That defense is good. The Patriots' defense is good. I just think Stephon Diggs and all, you know, all the, the entire cast, you know, the Cole Beasley's, I, whatever you feel about him, he's McKenzie. a good, he's a good slot guy. I mean, uh, Emmanuel Sanders. You know, so um, Dawson Knox, they have weapons all over the field, and they've been running the ball a lot more too. So I think they're going to, you know, try to continue running the ball. Um, I just I just think that this matchup, I just think when they're head-to-head and, and it's a, you know, it's a neutral setting, it's, you know, it's not chaos with the 80-mile-an-hour the winds and the snow and all that. When it's head-to-head and both teams have the similar advantage that that that, that same that, that both do, it's uh, I just think that... Josh Allen's going to be too much for this defense when it's all said and done. I think he's going to be able to run around and make plays, and I think he's just going to do what he does. And I, th- and I mean, we could talk about coaching. I know Bill Belichick obviously has the upper hand there, but my, McDermott is a hell of a coach too, man, and I got mad respect for him. Uh, he's very aggressive too, and he will mix things up. And we've seen them, you know, with some trickery too uh, out there, you know, making plays happen. So I just, I just think that this is the matchups make fights, man, and I think the t- talent is going to outweigh. You know the pressure and the the you know the lore of Belichick. You know taking away certain players and making you find other options. I just I think Josh Allen's going to find the ability to extend plays. I know he's got Judon chasing him down, who's an absolute beast. Um, and this and look, this is not. I'm not very confident in that. I I do see a scenario where the Patriots very well could win this game. This is a, this is for me kind of more of a toss up game probably than any other matchup. I feel. This is one of those games where it definitely could go either way. I'm just picking the Bills because I believe in Josh Allen. I believe in McDermott. I believe in Stephon Diggs to make plays when need be. Um, I, and they spread the ball out really, really well. So that if, if Stephon Diggs is getting shut down, Josh Allen's been pretty good about finding other ways to win the game, whether it's with his feet or finding another receiver. Uh, could be great Gabriel Davis having three touchdown game. We've seen that before out of nowhere. So it's gonna be this is gonna be a smash mouth game, nonetheless. I think that both these teams are gonna be very aggressive, and it, I think it's gonna come down the wire. It's gonna be tight, but I had the Bills edging them out. I will say this real quick before you give your prediction. I just want to add this to the equation: in uh, worst records in one possession games, the Eagles were one and four, the Colts were one and four, the Texans were zero and three, the Buffalo Bills were zero and five. So if this game is close. I have to trust Bill Belichick and the yeah. tutelage of his of his coaching ability because the the Bills are great at blowing teams out, but when it comes to close proximity games, yeah. they're horrible. In fact, they're the worst team in, in the NFL in close games. So I think the Patriots are going to keep this game close. And what happened last time when the game was close between these two teams? Yeah, this game was Patriots in New England. Won. I'd be picking the Patriots. It doesn't I, matter in I, Buffalo though because Belichick does. doesn't. I think it does. It doesn't though. change anything. Uh, I, I think I just think I just think it does for for Mac Jones and his comfortability. Okay. I think going on the road to it, dude. I mean, the Bills. It's a tough place to go play, man. That's a that's a raucous crowd over there in Buffalo. So, I think that definitely factors in for Mac Jones in his rookie year going into Buffalo. I can see him making a couple of mistakes. Granted, I think they're going to run ninety percent of the time. Mm-hmm. But if they're if they're trailing, say the 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 Bills get up early, 10, 14 points, fourteen zero. 
and Mac Jones got to make some plays with his arm. I think that, I think that can go south pretty quickly. But I, I had the Bills, man. Uh, we got a comment on Facebook saying uh, since he won in Vegas earlier this year, uh, thirty-two. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't remember. Thirty-two, thirteen. Yes, they did. Uh, but it was uh, it was thirteen-six uh, uh, starting the, of the fourth quarter, mm. and then the the Bengals just took off on the fourth. I quarter. I remember that game. Yes. So that that's what uh, somebody kind of it says penalties killed the Raiders late. So. Just to Those teams match up not, really I'm well, blaming, man. I'm not blaming a double-digit loss I, on penalties. I'm just no, no. You're right. No, no. The Stop Bengals, it. the Bengals snapped. I do remember that game. We were watching that game actually. The Bengals yeah. snapped. Again, though, those teams match up really well, especially if Darren Waller gets out and gets going. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, I can't guys. Wait to, to Josh Jacobs this. is playing the best best ball of it in two years. Just saying. Meh. But man, this is the probably the toughest matchup for me this yeah. this weekend to pick. I. For me, it's kind of more like a 50-50. Can we tie? just end it on a tie? <laughs> you know? Uh, oh, somebody else said, they're always upset uh, wildcard weekends. Uh, last year, four of six road teams won. But yep. Tampa was a road favorite True. by 10 Washington. Real quick, I will say, not to, no, not to crap on that comment, because I, I that's fair. No, crap on all that. <laughs> there were no fans in the stands last yeah. year. So that that is a little bit of a difference maker. But that, that, is, that is factual. That is factual. And yeah. uh, my road picks, uh, Raiders, Pats, Niners. Home, cheese, bugs, rams. I, it doesn't tell me who they use. Or who yeah, they, whoever that was, high five. Whoever that was, <laughs> high five. Yeah. Drop your name. <laughs> right. That was uh, inmate inmate four twelve. <laughs> <laughs> no, but man, I, I would love to lean Patriots in this game, but I think just like that Colts game uh, with the Patriots, it was a it was a win it was a win situation. Yeah. And the amount of pressure that uh, was put on Mac Jones. Was, was a lot, and I don't think he was able to, out uh, like. Um, Especially was, when they're trailing. Exactly, and yeah. I don't think he was able to overcome yeah. overcome all that pressure. And I told you guys, uh, when they were playing the Colts, it's like this is that game, where it, there's so much pressure riding on this game because they have to win if they want to win the, the NFC East or whatever the AFC East. Mm-hmm. It's like it, it's a must-win situation for the Patriots, and Mac Jones just completely played like shit that game. So. I, I think this game is just kind of in the same situation. It's the amount of pressure that it's on Mac Jones and the Patriots visiting the Bills. How much, real quick, real quick how much pressure do you guys think is really on Mac Jones in this game? No, because, there's not. It's more pressure on the Patriots' defense. Yes, because of the fact that, sure. first of all, they're not asking him to lead the offense. Mm-hmm. They're just asking him to stay out of the way. And second of all, he already won in Buffalo in a big-time yeah. game that almost decided the division when he threw three passes. Yeah. So the I, pressure's not on him. I, I think the pressure is, for me, the pressure is on him because everybody's Put him in this category. This is rookie with, uh, Tom year, man. Brady. There's with no pressure on a rookie like no, that. I know, I get it. But yeah. everybody's putting him as like, like, uh, what's that dude on uh, first take or whatever? Kevin Wilds. That fuck calls him the baby goat. That's so there, there is, there is pressure. Take on, that with a grain yeah, of salt. Yeah, but I'm saying there is pressure. The media creates this pressure. I'm sure he reads all that. So, like I said, there was pressure for the Pages to win that game against the Colts, and they fucking blew it. They they blew that shit out. They they were coming on a eight eight game winning streak, nine game winning streak. Mm. They just completely blew it. I think it's gonna be the same thing this weekend. I think it, there's just too much pressure on on New England coming into Buffalo, especially uh, after losing against Buffalo not not that long. They're ago. the underdog though. So I mean, I really there's really not the pressure isn't on New England. They have much less the, to the, lose. The Bills are four and a half point favorites. Yeah, so I, they're expected to win this so, game. Yeah, so I, I'm going with the Bills just. I trust Josh Allen more than I trust Mac Jones, and and I think uh, Josh Allen's gonna be able to create those plays that the that the Bills need. Uh, I think Stephon Diggs gonna be a, good, a big contributor in this game. 
so I think I think the, I'm I'm gonna go with the Bills. Just put some game. feet warmers in those cleats, exactly. Josh Allen. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. yeah. Right. Put him He'll look like Mr. Deeds after the game, yeah, man, where they're him. just whacking in his black feet. He's just got have the, a fucking heater blowing out his. I just feet I just want the Chiefs to play the Bills, so I want that revenge. But yeah. All right, then we can move to tomorrow, uh, the Sunday slate. We have the Eagles visiting the Buccaneers. Uh, Jeff Jeff Allen made a, a statement in regards to this game about how he actually thinks that the Eagles have a really good chance of upsetting the Buccaneers in this one. Because to to, to that credit, the the Eagles are not just facing the Bucks at the perfect time where they're hobbled and they got a lot of distractions going on within their organization, and this is primed for an upset. I think the Eagles are a team that found themselves. After that Buccaneers matchup several weeks ago when they lost 28-22 to uh, to the Buccaneers, a very competitive a game. game. The Eagles found themselves after that yep. game. The Eagles have really turned things on. They're averaging almost 190 rushing yards a game. Jalen Hurts is like the, 80% of that. Yeah, they led the league in rushing yeah. this year. He had, a eight, I think, almost 800 rushing yards by himself this season. Had like seven or eight rushing touchdowns. You see his numbers compared to uh, Lamar Jackson's MVP year? Man. It's like they're, they're almost, almost better. Yeah, almost identical. It's crazy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the Eagles are coming to this game very confident because they're playing in a, in a in a stadium where they can run the ball all day long and push up with their strong. See, people, people forget how great that Eagles offensive line is. They don't just have Jason Kelsey. Yeah. They have Lane Johnson. They have other guys on that offensive line that can push and bully other guys up now. The opposition is one of the best front sevens in football. Mm-hmm. You have Levante David. You have Devin White. You have Vita Vea. You have you know and Sue. You got really, really strong front. So this is a clash of the Titans up in the front. And it's going to be really interesting to see situationally how this game goes about. I'm taking the Buccaneers in this game because they're they're a different team at home. I think if this game was in Philly, I would take Philly because I think the run game in cold weather would really determine this outcome. I don't think Tom Brady's going to have a great game in this game. I don't think the Buccaneers cover. I think this game is going to be insanely close. I actually think the Eagles have a lead late into the game. I think going into the third or fourth quarter, they'll have a lead in this game. And I don't want to be Mr. Conspiracy Theorist, guys. I promise I don't. But I think the NFL is going to do something in this game to keep Tom Brady alive. I know that sounds so shitty to say in my prediction, but guys, we saw this last season multiple times in the playoffs. They kept the Buccaneers alive in that Packers game. They kept them alive in the Saints game. They kept them alive in the Washington football game where there's just horrible pass interference calls. I'm actually predicting this game is determined by some very bad calls. I think the Buccaneers are going to struggle. I think they're going to do some things in this game that you're like, Holy shit! This team won the Super Bowl last year. I think I think Brady's gonna have a struggled game this year. Uh, this this in this game, I think that you're gonna see the uh, secondary for the Buccaneers get exposed against Devontae Smith and other young skilled position players from the Eagles because they have good young talented players on this offense. I think Jalen Hurts is gonna play well. I just think there's gonna be something that we're all gonna be sitting here next week going, man, the Eagles should have won that game. They got robbed. I, th- I really think that's what's going to happen. I'm calling that now. I think the Bucks win this game by four or five points. Get out of this one. Because I think they're eight-and-a-half-point favorites right now. Mm. And a lot of people are just assuming they're just going to wipe the floor with the Eagles. Nah, man. This Eagles team is good. They're a really good run offense. They have a really they have a good Sanders defense. Not a great defense. A good defense. Miles Sir- Sanders is back. Yeah, Nick Sirianni has done a much better job than I anticipated. I'm giving the Eagles a lot of respect here. I think I think they outplay the Bucks in this game but end up losing. Man, yeah, this game, man, this is one I I I can't wait to watch. This is one. This is one of the like more into. Honestly, I'm more into. I'm more anticipating watching this game. It's weird 
than I am any of the other AFC games. This game just seems like so much fun to me in the outcome. And obviously, I want to see Tom Brady lose, and he's going to lose. Um, Ooh, I, I'm, okay. picking, I'm picking the Eagles. Okay. Um, I, think this I, like is, this. I think this is the game where Jalen Hurts kind of solidifies himself as the future for the Eagles. Um, I think the kid... Like I was up and down with him all. Year. I always liked him. I liked him even in college. I love his up. He's a, he's an older rookie. Yeah, you know, coming into this league, he's twenty five. Um, <laughs> man, he has it though. Like he has that. He's not the best thrower of the football yet, but that, that's something he can work on. Um, but I think I think he's beloved by the city already. I think they've completely backed him. Um, and he has this man. This ability. He's so athletic, bro. Like his ability to run. He runs different than Lamar. Lamar is so shifty. Yeah. But he runs like a running back when he has it. Like he runs, he tucks the ball in and he runs hard. It's not like he's like trying to like juke everybody. He yeah. runs hard. Like when he, on the, his like rushing touchdowns, he runs right at guys. He'll run through guys. He's, he's a tough dude, man. And I love watching him play. He's entertaining. I think he's going to give that secondary for the Buccaneers fits. I think Dallas Goddard and him already have a really good connection. We've seen them have big blow up spots this year. I think that's going to continue this game. I think Devontae Smith is a problem, uh, with, especially with the ball in his hands. And I think he's going to find ways to get, guy, get that ball in his hands in space. I think Devontae Smith can go off in this game. Um, that secondary for the Bucs is bad. They, granted, they have a good they have a good defensive front, but it's being met by possibly the best outside of the Colts, maybe the best O line in this league. So if they can give if they can give not only give Jalen Hurts time to make throws, but give him time to escape and extend plays, that is a problem for this Buccaneers defense, dude. And that that is the worst matchup for this defense because this defense thrives off getting to pocket quarterbacks, pocket passers. I'm so glad Trevor had the balls to, to make that pick. Man. I'm picking the Eagles, man, because I think the, it's it's the I love it. It's it's it, look, man. Two these two teams are going opposite directions. The Bucks are getting unhealthy, and the, the Eagles are getting all their guys back. They're just getting Miles Sanders back. They're number one running back and this is a team that thrives off running the ball and, and blasting it up the gut so if they get any kind of resemblance of a of a uh, play action for for jalen hurts and he can you know or or a run pass option rpos that's why he's gonna thrive so if they can th- get this they can start running the ball early and getting some success on that and then give him the opportunity to either run or make a throw downfield and he's good at keeping his eyes downfield and he's not the most accurate guy but if Devontae smith has the strength of creating great separation and so does dallas goddard for he's one of the better receiving tight ends in this league as well um, not as consistent, but in big games he shows up. So I, I just think I think this is Sirianni's swan song type of situation where he could, this is like his moment to go beat Brady. Um, Philly, <laughs> they hate Brady as well, and they've they've conquered him in the, the biggest moments in the Super Bowl. So they want this this fan base wants to see it. I think the backing and this the the energy behind this team, man. Granted, it's on the road. Um, I just I believe in Jalen Hurts. I believe in his abilities to create plays and 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 um, just be a kryptonite for this defense because he 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 can evade what their strength is. They're gonna have a tough time getting after him and getting him down. He's so elusive. Um, I can see him running a touchdown and throwing a couple. Uh, I just, I just, I just feel good about this Eagles team going. I could be dead wrong. They could get blown out. That could definitely happen. I mean, it's in, it's in Tampa Bay. Uh, it is Tom Brady. The league, you know, the NFL officials love him very much. So this could be a situation when that happens as well. But I'm, if I'm betting, I'm betting, man. I'm putting the money on the Eagles, man. I just think I like the underdog here. I'm gonna read you the weather for uh, the the Bucks Eagles game. It's gonna be around 61 degrees. Mm. Uh, with uh, rain all throughout overnight, mm. up until the, the run game, up, up until the morning, mm-hmm. up until the morning, uh, it should stop around noon, which is a around uh, uh, an hour before kickoff. Uh, but it's it's supposed to drizzle, mm-hmm. and it says with with sustained winds around seventeen to eighteen mile an hour winds and gusts around twenty three to twenty five. 
Mm. So this is not a good, this this cannot be a field goal contest kind of game because of the wind. Keep it on the ground. So they're gonna have to they're gonna have to Bucks suck at running the ball. This is gonna yeah, come down. To, this back. is gonna come down to a running game, and I'm gonna go with Trevor. All right, Let's go, baby. All right, I, I, boy. I, I think the Eagles are gonna upset the Bucks. I like it. Let's go. I Taylor, just, I stud, just think this weather is gonna play a big factor against the Bucks because this screams running game. It screams well, right. Well, he doesn't game. have his check down God and, and, and Godwin. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? Yeah. And uh, Godwin's out. Yeah. Uh, how healthy is uh, Mike, Evans. Mike Evans? We don't know. He, is Leonard Fournette for back yet? No, I don't think he's no, back no. yet. No. He won't have him oh, either. Shit, so man. there's no running game. <laughs> yeah. so, it just screams disaster for the fuck, for the for the Bucks. It's not that the, the Bucks are the better team yeah. overall, mm. but the Bucks are just so banged up. I will say this, though. This the game. Eagles are bad against the run. Yes. So that's one thing you do kind of kind of keep an eye on if they do if the Bucks do decide Gio to pound this. Who, who are they going who are they going to run the ball with? I think they I think they do have um uh what's his name though? Ronald. I think Ronald Jones, Ronald Jones is playing. Yeah, who is, who, who's a, who's a tough guy and they have Vaughn I think as his backup. I don't think I don't think Bernard's still out. Okay. Which he's more so, of the scat back guy, but I don't think for Philly's got to tighten so, up against the run. Yeah, but I I just don't I I just don't see the Bucks going in here. How much real quick? How much do you guys think playoff experience matters in this type Absolutely of matchup? Absolutely does. Because the Eagles have next to but this nothing is, this outside is why, of Lane Johnson no, 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 and Kelsey. And so, That's why I like this. Fletcher Cox, dude. Yeah, Fletcher yeah, Cox. Yeah. I, I love this matchup because it, it is the perfect, the perfect upset game we can have in this on this weekend. Yeah, it, it, it screams upset. And like I said, I just read the weather report. This screams running game. Sappy, humid game. Yeah, huh? this screams running game. And, and the Eagles thrive and running goes the right ball. into their gritty, advantage. Yeah. game. Yeah, this is this plays right into the Eagles' hands. This, I mean, coaching does matter. Coaching and NFL, uh, yeah, NFL, NFL experience, playoff experience, all that matters in, in this game. But I just think this is one of those games, kind of like where the weather kind of dictates what one team is going to do a lot more. Than, and so I, I do think the Eagles are going to go in here and real quick before we move on to the next game. Uh, neither one of you guys think officiating is going to get fishy. Oh, like I oh, said, I, it, that one hundred percent. Like I said, there, there, there is an outcome. I'm not like ninety five, ninety eight percent that the Eagles are going to win. Yeah. I, I think I just think this is the best opportunity for the Eagles to go I'm, in. The Eagles are going to yeah. go in here and play free, dude. I'm with you. They're guys. just going to go have fun. I'm with you guys. I think right now the Eagles yeah. are playing better football. I think that the advantage with them in the run game and, and like you just said with the temperature, yeah. I just man, I just I feel that same way with the Bengals and Chiefs game. I'm like the Chiefs should have won that game. But there was just these horrific calls that kept the that kept the Bengals offense on the field. I feel like Trevor, like you said about the run game, or the uh, run game being an issue for the Eagles defense to stop. Yeah, they've been if, a sieve. If there's some bad third down calls that keep the Bucks on the on the offense or keep their offense on the field. Their defense starts to get worn out, yeah. keeping Jalen Hurts in the run game off the field. Limited possessions. Yeah. I just the, feel the like Eagles have been kinda... really good against you know top tier receivers though. Yeah. I will say that they've allowed too much on the ground. They're kind of a bend up break defense. They they take it way over the top. Which I think kind of works in their favor, yeah. though, because Tom Brady likes to, you know, get those over the top plays yeah, and you know, run the ball, run the ball, run, and then play action. What's over name? The top. Slay's going to be on a uh, Evans, yeah, man. He? Yeah, and he's so been, you, you take away Evans out of this game. What is Brady throwing to a broke well, down Gronkowski? He, play, he played well against them last time, right? So I think, it, and it could be a similar situation to how the Saints game was. The Saints kind of have, you know, they had uh, Taysom Hill, you know, the mobile quarterback. Obviously, they didn't put up a lot of points to win that game, but defensively, I feel like the, the Eagles could kind of take a, a, you know, a page out of that. Yeah. 
I mean, dude, they like, win I this game. Uh, Jalen Hurts is 100% their starting quarterback. This is what I'm saying. This is, this is why I feel confident. This is the game where he solidifies that as the guy. For, you know how beloved he's going to be in Philly if he goes in there and Man. takes out Brady in round one? Man, I'm, old, I'm, great, here, I'm here for that, yeah, boys. I'm yeah. here for that. So I'm confident, man. I'm so confident in the Eagles. We have maybe the matchup of the week uh, in the middle game of, uh, of, of Sunday's slate with the 49ers visiting the Dallas Cowboys. Mm. If you guys recall, I had the Niners back in the Super Bowl. I picked them to go to the Super Bowl and play the Chiefs again for the second time in three years because I felt that the the Niners were a team that no one was really expecting much this season. Mm. Um, obviously, things have gone a little different than I expected. Injuries. I thought Trey Lance was going to ultimately take over. I think if he wouldn't have got injured, he would have, but he did get injured. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has definitely earned his respect again and earned his stripes, and he's going to make mm. himself some money and get himself another opportunity somewhere else after this season. People forget how good this 49ers team is and how good Kyle Shanahan is at drawing up plays and getting his offense yeah. back into motion. And that that zone running game that they have, that Shanahan style, it is works. still unbeatable. Yep. For 30 years they've been running that shit, and literally, and they still can't stop it. Teams yeah. can't stop it. And the Cowboys come into this game, the better team, with home court, home field advantage technically. I bet there's going to be a lot of Niners fans out there. It's a classic retro, retro rivalry matchup again like they had in the 90s all those years. Yeah. Um, Again, the Cowboys are coming to this game with a better better quarterback. Coming in this game with probably the better defense. Better receiver core. Better receiver core, without question. I'm taking the 49ers in this game. And the reason why I'm taking the 49ers in this game is because the Cowboys are a team that when everything seems to make sense, they don't make sense. And I think this is the kind of game that's going to really come down to game or, uh, crucial situational decision-making from the coaches. Mm-hmm. Am I really going to place my bets and my confidence in Mike McCarthy, who is the single worst head coach in big time cr- crunch now? I got to make a decision here. I got to challenge this or not use a timeout or go for it on fourth down. He is the worst at those things. I think Dak Prescott's going to have a really good game in this one. I think Dak's going to play very well and get CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper and those guys all involved. I think they're going to play fine. pretty bad secondary in San Fran. But here's the thing. The guy that no one is, no one talks about, and I think he gets talked about in fantasy football, obviously because he's such a monster, but is so underappreciated around the league is Debo Samuel. Oh, dude, he is the one that's going to break this game. He's open. incredible man. because everybody talks about Trayvon Diggs and how great he is at picking the ball off, but if he's not picking the ball off, he oh. gets picked apart. He's giving up the most yards this year. Micah Parsons. Yeah. To his credit, should should eat it in this game. But here's the thing about that San Francisco 49ers offense, offensive line. They got healthy perfectly. Trent Williams is back, and he's the best offensive lineman in the NFL. And if they have him back and getting the ball out of Jimmy's hands quick and getting Debo Samuel involved in the jet sweep motions, George Kittle getting involved in the little screen passes, allowing their run game and their run style to dictate the pace of this game, I don't see a scenario where the Niners don't win this game because I think that the Dak, I think Dak and Mike McCarthy are going to get desperate on the offensive side, creating turnovers. They don't have a run game they can rely on with Pollard still being banged up. Or without Zeke, Gallup, yeah, without Michael Gallup on Pollard, the third down Pollard's plays, banged Pollard is banged up. Zeke Elliott has been a shell of himself. They don't have the confidence in this game. And we talked about playoff experience. Who has more playoff experience in this matchup? By far the 49ers. They had a bad week, bad season last year because of all those injuries. Yep. But the season before, they were in the Super Bowl. And this team is almost the exact same team as they were back then. Debo is more of an experienced player, more of a prepared player. George Kittle said it himself after the Chiefs gave him that L in the Super Bowl. I will be back here. I'm not moving off my Super Bowl pick. Yeah. I think this 49ers team is a team of destiny. I think they're getting back into the Super Bowl. I'm going to go ahead and say it now. I think this team's in the Super Bowl this year. Man. And I think it starts to, this, this Sunday against the Cowboys. I have them winning by more than a touchdown. 
Let's go. I'm picking the Niners too. I like them in this matchup, dude. I really do. I think matchups, like I said, matchups make fights. I don't ever just like go by the flow of who the sexier team is. I go by what I think the strengths and weaknesses of each team and how that balances out. And I just think the power running, the creative running, the zone blocking scheme that Shanahan has. And the thing, the thing I love about Shanahan, dude, is he's an aggressive coach. He is the kind of guy that will put his foot on the throat and keep pushing and pushing until you're dead. Yeah. And I love that about him. Granted, he's had his moments where he's choked bad, um, some all-time blunders. And he know, he knows that. He's aware of that. You know, He comes from a successful father as well. So he knows he needs to fix some things and, and, and make up for some losses that he's uh, you know he's had in his career. And I think he has his team rolling right now. They got um, um, Elijah Mitchell back running. That kid has been a stud when healthy. Yes, he One has. of the better running backs in his league when he's healthy. He's the perfect kind of running. And it's crazy, too, because... He was drafted behind Trey Sermon. And Trey Sermon has kind of like lost his job. And Elijah Mitchell was the one that came. It's just kind of crazy how that all worked out. He's a stud. Um, I Yeah, man. I like I like this matchup for the Niners, even though it is in Dallas. Um, and granted, man, I'm going to give Dallas, Dallas their flowers as well, man. Like I think there's a very talented bunch. They could very well win this game. I'm not going to act like they can't. Um, CB CB Lamb is a problem. CD Lamb is a problem. He can definitely go out there and have a big game um uh, and just shred that secondary. But I, I I don't I've never been fully sold on Dak. I love him during the year. He's fun to watch. He'll put up his numbers, but when it comes down to big games, Dak has just he he looks like he kind of crumbles under the pressure, man. Yeah. Um when the lights are the biggest, he, he hasn't shown up, if we're all being honest. So, um, and Shanahan's been been th- been to the ring in the playoffs, and he's had success in the playoffs. He's gotten to the big game. He just happened to run into the bus. All that is Patrick Mahomes, um, you know. So it is what it is. Um, but I do like the Niners. I do love. I do absolutely love Debo Samuel's in this matchup. I think he's gonna feast on that secondary. Trayvon Diggs, I love him. He has his numbers. He you cannot argue the the amount of picks he's had this year. It's outrageous. Uh, tied the record for the Cowboys franchise is incredible. Kudos to that kid, man. But he gives up a lot as well. Um, and I think he's going to end up giving up more than he takes this this game. And I think Debo, I think George Kittle over the middle is going to eat. I think even in the you know, uh, the screen game for Kittle, Kittle's really good with getting the ball in his hands, and, and he's hard to bring down. Mm-hmm. He's a monster, uh, let alone with his blocking skills for the running backs. Um yeah, man, I I can see I can see some really crazy drawn up plays here for the Niners to uh, continue to build up on the lead once they get it because I think they go up early in this game, um, and I think they force the Cowboys to kind of trail and, and press, and I think that's where mistakes are going to be made from Dak Prescott. Zeke has not been able to run the ball at all like himself this year. I think he's kind of done, man. I really do. I hate saying that. I like him. I'm a fan of him, and he has got that huge contract extension. But we've seen it numerous times when running backs and players in general get contract big contract extensions like that. The, they don't have much else to play for. They feel like a lot of these guys kind of let's rest on that, and they got their money, you know, which is it's fine. You got your security. It is what it is. But look, man, this is going to be a fight. I really think this game is going to be a fight. I don't. Th- I don't. You say the, you, the the Niners win comfortably. I'm not sure if I feel that. I think this will be a battle down to the end. Yeah. Um, but I think when it comes down to coaching, when it comes down to experience, when it comes down to um, you know, Say what you want, quarterback play. I think one of them is going to play safer than the other, but I think they're going to rest on their strengths, and I think the strengths outweigh. I think the strengths for the Niners outweigh the strengths for the Cowboys. I think they depend more on flash and big playability and you know things like that. Granted, they have good defensive players too. That Gregory and Lawrence and all those guys, uh, uh, Parsons obviously could get after them, but I think I think Shanahan is going to outsmart that. I think he's going to play ahead of that. I don't think he's going to allow them to get to Garoppolo. I think they're going to get the ball out quick. I think they're going to run a lot of power. O. A lot of uh, uh, zone running schemes, and I think they're going to find success. Um, and I think, yeah, I think the Niners win this game, man. 
Yeah, I'm gonna go Niners as well on this game. Let's go, man. I just, I just think like like you said, coaching, uh, coaching experience, playoff experience. I think this this team is getting hot just at the right time. Uh, they they're coming from beating arguably the uh, Super Bowl favorite, mm. the LA Rams in LA in LA. Yeah, man. yeah. and they were down Twice. by by double digits. It's not like Jimmy were, Garoppolo pulled yeah, them out. Jimmy G just balled out and and. They ended up winning uh, at the end of the game. I was even tweeting, play Trey, play Trey. And then Jimmy goes out there and just was (laughs) surgical. Beautiful. You'll have those games, man. Man. So, also, the Cowboys are coming in from scoring, I I believe, uh, 51 points. 100 points in two games. Yeah, those those games were weird, but yeah. Yeah, I got a point about that. Yeah, those games were. Um, So, both teams are coming in hot, but I think. Who is more motivated? Who has the better team? The better coaching? I think is the 49ers. and I, I, I think experience is going to eat. It's going to it's going to cost the Cowboys a lot on this game. Mike McCarthy, he's not a great coach. Uh, I don't think he's a great coach in my mind. That's my opinion. Uh, yeah, we share that. Okay, yeah, I agree. Uh, we so definitely think, share that. I think he's going to end up costing this this Dallas Cowboys uh, uh, a chance to even win. I think they're going to press. I think Dak Prescott is going to start pressing. He's going to try and and make those big plays. Uh, Obviously, with uh, Gallup out, that's a that's a big loss. Nick Bosa gonna be on his ass. Yeah, and then uh, what? Uh, what's his name? Cooper or whatever. Mari Cooper. Mari Cooper. How 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 reliable is he gonna be this game? Because we know he can be he can be con- consistent for just a few weeks and then just completely disappear. Mm-hmm. That's true. That is true. So how how what kind of Amari Cooper are you going to get this? That's game? a fair point. So I don't. That is a fair point. We yeah. don't know. Sometimes he we, can disappear. Yeah, so we don't know. And then with Gallup gone, I really don't Paul, know. Paul, Paul third downs are big on that. Yeah. Gallup's Paul, a third yeah, down Paul guy. not being healthy. And then you got Zeke, who is obviously not playing to the potential he has. Yeah. This 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 has a recipe of a fucking blowout by the Niners, Oof. but I don't think it's going to be. Yeah. It, it, it's it, The Niners have the potential to blow this game away, uh, but I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, I, I think it's going to come down to to defense. Uh, mm-hmm. Who's going to be able to stop who? Uh, so yeah, I, yeah. So real quick, I don't. I'm saying I don't think the Cowboys are going to be able to run on them. Yes. So I think oh, no. I think Dak's going to have to no. throw 45 yeah. times to win this game, and that's where mistakes are going to come yeah. into play. That's why I think. That's why I said I think I yeah. feel comfortable. I think the, I think the Niners get a comfortable win in this one because I think they come out and get an early lead, mm-hmm. and it forces Dak to throw the ball 50 times, and there's going to create turnovers. But I think CD and guys like that will get you know yeah. eight catches for 97 yards and a touchdown, stuff like that. I don't think the Cowboys are going to get held to 14 points in this. Mm-hmm. But guys, if you look at it like this, okay, there's two there's two things I want to bring up about this matchup. They're going to move on. Okay, so the Cowboys. Beat three playoff teams this season, right? And the the Niners won beat four. Okay, the difference though between those is the fact that the Cowboys, two of their three victories against playoff teams this year, mm-hmm. were against the Eagles twice. Okay, they beat the Eagles in the first month of the season when the Eagles were nowhere near what they are now. They've changed completely, right? The other one was in Week 18 when literally the Eagles gave that game to yep. the Cowboys. They were like, They're we're not in. playing our starters. Yeah. We, Jason Kelsey got his little consecutive streak yep. and ran out of the game. And then their other backup center got hurt. And, like, there was just a lot of weird things going on. The Cowboys were just pouring on. It was a really weird game yeah, for the Cowboys. The fourth. I didn't understand like, it at all. Like, yeah. okay, you already have the win. What are you doing? Like, you're risking injury. which is really dumb. Yeah. And the other part is that when it comes to the Niners and their playoff victories, their last three wins against playoff teams this year was 
uh, beating the Rams soundly in San Francisco, 31-10, to then went into Cincinnati and beat Cincinnati Bengals when the Bengals were rolling, and then the last game of the season we just talked about goes into L.A. and beat that ass. Yeah. So the Niners are a different team when they face good teams as opposed to the Cowboys. I think that's another thing. But here's the other part, guys. We know that special teams matter so much in playoff games. Yep. I don't know if you guys heard, but Greg Deleg Zerline, the Cowboys quarterback or uh, kicker, has been missing a lot of kicks lately. So much so, he's missed six PATs this season and six field goals this season. Right? It's been so bad that Jerry Jones has been on radio all week talking about how concerned he is. You think that's helping your team's confidence? Because we know kicking is all about what what goes on up here, right? It's all about what's up in here. Not even just about your foot. You got to be confident up here because once kickers start getting it, of all the positions to get the yips, kickers are the ones. Once they get yips, they're done. You think Greg the leg is going to this game feeling confident? No, he's more like Greg the bag because he's just begging for it to go in the uprights. I think that's going to play a big role in this as well, guys. I think that they're going to struggle on the special team side of this as well. I think, and you look at the 49ers, who they have Hall of Famer Robbie Gold yep. coming into that game. I'm taking the, the Niners comfortably in this one. Mm. And then we have. Oh, you know, this one team called the Chiefs uh, hosting the the Pittsburgh Steelers in this one. I'm going to keep this one real brief because I want to get to the Monday night game. I was, in fact, I was I was tempted to keep the Chiefs one as the last one, but there's not much to break down in this one, guys. I've already We already, already heard Jeff yeah, Allen. We've already talked about this. The Chiefs are going to win this one soundly. I don't think there's going to be much of a game in this one. I think Ben Roethlisberger is going to go out ungracefully into retirement, and I think that the Chiefs are going to move on and move on very swiftly into the divisional round. What say you, Trevor? Yeah, I think the Chiefs are just going to go in here and uh, just kind of just Take care of Thank business. Uh, look, I don't want to be the guy that does that and just like rides them off. And like we've been seeing the the memes about Big Ben's retirement party, you're invited, and all this stuff. It's it's fun because it's true. Because <laughs> we're gonna just do what we did last time, probably if not more. Travis Kelsey wasn't on the field at all that game. He was out. Tyreek Hill was barely even playing up to any standard. He had two catches last game, and our defenses did. With I mean, granted. The Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Pittsburgh Steelers have the ability to go in here and play pretty much carefree football. Just go out there and just have fun. Similar to how I said about the Philadelphia Eagles going into Tampa Bay and playing. Uh, Big Ben has nothing to prove. There's no real motivation to prove anything. He's he's had his, he's had his career. He really shouldn't even be here because without the you know because the Chargers granted them the access to the playoffs because they didn't want to take a tie. So they shouldn't even really be here. They are by far the worst team in the entire playoffs. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Chiefs, in my mind, are the best team. Us and Green Bay Packers are the two best teams in the playoffs. So, I, yeah, I mean, I have no faith in the, in the Pittsburgh Steelers making this a competitive game. Um, I fully expect the Chiefs to win, man, and, and win handily. Well, yeah, I'm picking the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we got I'm a picking, tight one here. <laughs> no, nah, I'm picking the Chiefs, but I, I, speaking of tight ones, I do think, I do, I do think this game is going to be close. Up until the fourth quarter, I think the Chiefs are going to take off in the fourth quarter. Mm. But I, I do think that the Steelers are going to do everything in their manpower. You think Juju plays? No, they're talking about Juju coming. <laughs> no, back. no, actually, Clay actually just they're saying he might. Our, play. our producer, might, yeah, no, Clay Winner, our, our producer Clay Winner just messaged me literally like a minute ago and said Juju is supposed to play. Okay, I, I mean, don't he know. He's played not for like yes, what, four months. Three months, yeah, yeah. October. <laughs> October sixteenth was his yes. last game, yeah. but. I, I do think it's going to be close up until the fourth quarter. I think the Chiefs are going to start dominating up in the fourth quarter. It's going to be close. Uh, it's going to be physical the first three quarters, but 
the, the the Steelers just can't hang. The only way this game is close in the fourth quarter is the Chiefs yeah. haven't scored twenty points yet, or our defense hasn't had twelve sacks by that point. Yeah, that, that's the only way because the Steelers <laughs> yeah. are not scoring more than so, twenty in this game. Yeah, yeah. so so I, I do believe it's going to be very physical. It's going to be very close in the first three quarters. Uh, once fourth quarter comes, we're going to see the Steelers just kind of like you know like uh, deteriorate as the game goes on. So I think the fourth quarter, the Chiefs are just going to put the. Uh, I will. I will put a quick note in this one. So the Chiefs led the entire NFL in wins versus playoff teams. They had six, mm. right? That's two more than anybody else. Oh, I'm sorry, one more than uh, the Cardinals. But anybody in the AFC, it's at least two more. Uh, not only did they beat six playoff teams, they outscored those six playoff teams by 120 points. That means the Chiefs beat those playoff teams by an average of 20 points per game. Uh, the and Raiders, I, but the Raiders are a better team than the Steelers. Yeah, they are. that's not even a question. They are, they are. I would, I would, they I would are. much rather face the Steelers t- this week than the Raiders. Even though I know the Chiefs would beat the Raiders. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, you blindfold me. I don't. I'm mind just saying though. <laughs> okay, I'd much rather game plan We're for Ben Roethlisberger than Derek Carr right now. Yeah, yeah. I'd oh, much yeah, yeah, rather yeah, yeah, prepare yeah, yeah, for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. So that's all. My, that's the only point yeah. I'm trying to make. Is I mean, you put Chiefs Derek Carr on the Steelers team, then we got a the, the, the playoff team. Yeah, the Chiefs weapons. The Chiefs. The team that Chiefs beat. That the playoff. They're in the playoffs currently. They dominated. So I'm. I'm going to say that this is not going to be close. I'm going to go with the with the Cheese, but. I'd like it like I'll post to you guys. I think it's gonna be closer than what it was. Sure. It's uh, honestly less than it's gonna be adjustments. Yeah. So it, it's gonna be close. Like I said, fourth quarter comes. I think the Chiefs are just gonna you know, take it's off. it's less for me about Patrick going out there and just balling out, which I do expect him to have a good game. I just think this defense is gonna go get after Big Ben. Big Ben's gonna try to get the ball out quickly. I get I that, hope, but I hope so. I hope mistakes are gonna be made. Yeah, man, I just by the hope that this defense doesn't uh, allow Najee Harris to just to cook him. Ah. Like like they've done uh they've let Steelers have been one of the worst rushing teams back. in the league this year, man. That O-line is terrible at run blocking. They have not been it. able to run the ball. Again, but this defense, the last two games, they allowed quite a bit of rushing. And yeah. so they just got to tighten it up a little bit. So I just don't let Najee cook because he will fucking cook you. But so. And then we have our Monday night game. It is a, a big-time rivalry that has now been budding over the last year. Uh, it is the Los Angeles Rams hosting the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona came into this season arguably the best team in football for the first two months. They were 7-0 to start the season. Uh, they look like a team that were going to really shock some people and make a deep playoff push. They end their season this week in Monday Night Football against the L.A. Rams because not only do I believe the L.A. Rams are the better team that I know that Matt Stafford led the league in interceptions, but he had damn near 40 touchdowns as well. The Rams are getting healthy at the right time. They have clearly the best defensive player in this one in Aaron Donald. That's giving credit to Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt making a return. Aaron Donald is, I think, the greatest defensive player I've seen in my life. And I'm saying that with respect to Reggie White and other great players that I've seen in the past with Ed Reed and other guys like that. Aaron Donald is just a different animal. And I think he's going to be a different animal in this one. He's played very well against Kyler Murray in his career. They do not have DeAndre Hopkins in this matchup, which is going to be significant for a playoff push. That's why they traded for DeAndre Hopkins in the hopes that he could help them in the playoffs. He had a bad year this year, too. He did have a bad year this year. And here's the thing. Talking about bad year, I just mentioned the Cardinals started the season off 7-0. and mm. Since then, they're 4-6, and and they lost four of their last five games. I don't think the Cardinals are going to play very well in this game guys i don't think they're going to play very well at all i think that the cardinals are going to get dominated in this one i think the rams are pissed off because they lost their week 18 game to another divisional foe and the niners who absolutely own them but the rams own the cardinals i know the ram i know the cardinals beat them earlier in the year yeah. but i think they had won four of their last five games against the cardinals yeah they have they have their number it's just a weird it's a weird division because the, the, the niners own the rams 
But the Rams own the Cardinals. I guess it's a weird thing. You know what I mean? It's a matchup thing. I think Matt Stafford's going to get his first career playoff victory in this one. I think McVay continues his legacy as one of the best coaches in the NFL to date. And I think think the the Rams actually win this game by about 13 points. Nice. Yeah, Um, yeah, I'm picking the Rams here, but I do think it's going to be a tough competitive game, as it is almost always between these two teams. These two teams know each other very well. Arizona, say what you want about the offense and the lack of weapons. That defense is still really good. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, and Stafford has, has struggled this year, man, if we're being honest. He's, he he led the league in pick sixes. Um, I think he had like three or four weeks where he threw like almost three in a row uh, on a three-week three uh, streak there. So he has his moments where he has some boneheaded throws, man. I love Matt Stafford. I'm a big Stafford fan. I love, I love gunslinger quarterbacks like that and Ironman tough-ass dudes like him who play through everything. So I got mad respect for Matt Stafford, and I got mad respect for McVay. This L.A. team, this roster is loaded. They've been all in this year. Um, that defense, I think, is going to get after Kyler Murray, uh, especially with the lack of weapons. Both of their running backs are banged up. Um, James Conner got banged up again last week, uh, and he's been great for them this year. He's like, I think he's like third or fourth in the league in rushing touchdowns. So um, love that kid. Love James Conner. I loved him even when he was in Pittsburgh. I've always liked his story, overcoming cancer and all that. I've always liked him. Stud running back, but he's banged up. You know, and that's a big part of their offense. They like to run the ball. They like to they like to throw to their running backs, and they find a lot of success that way. And Kyler's mobile, man. But I just I just don't think they they have enough. I think they've they've kind of been on like a tailspin heading into the post postseason. They start off extremely hot, um, but I think yeah, I think top to bottom, the Rams are just the better team. I trust McVay here to get uh, have a good you know game plan for the for the Rams offense. Cooper Cup is one of the best talents we've seen at a the wide receiver position in a while. He's definitely up there. Um, I think he had the best. Uh, he's up there, man, as far as like route running and full packages as a receiver. He, every week he's getting his his numbers. Every week. Uh, so I, don't, I think he's a problem for that secondary in Arizona. It's really going to come down to, I think this. I think the Cardinals could win this game. I do. I think that's possible. I think um, uh, they've done it already before. So, But I think if they get after Stafford and rattle him, Make him, you know, a little shaky and throwing some errant throws. There is a chance where this defense can take over that game. That is definitely possible, but I, I don't think that's the the outcome I see happening. Uh, I think Stafford has a solid game here. I think he throws for uh, three or four touchdowns. Uh, I think I think I think Bay has a great game plan here drawn up. Uh, second time around playing these guys, or third time around playing these guys this year. So. Um, yeah, I think Ram, I think Rams win fairly comfortable. I am I'm with you on that. I think this is a game where they, they got to go out there and prove something because they've been kind of up and down this year. They've had some losses that they shouldn't have, you know, that shouldn't have taken place. Uh, so, yeah, I think this is a game where Stafford goes and gets that dub in the playoffs, uh, and you know, proves a point. I, and then they were my Super Bowl pick. You know, the Rams were my Super Bowl pick. Um, but a little shaky on that after I've seen Aaron Rodgers playing the way he has this year. I think Green Bay is incredible. Um, so I'm still going to stick with my pick, though. I still like the Rams. I think that roster is ready to, to make a run of the Super Bowl, and I think it starts with uh, defeating the Cardinals. Oh, I'm a little different here on this one. Mm. I think the Cardinals are going to win this game. Nice. Uh, I, I just the way the Rams finished the season was was not uh, was not the best, and I'm sure they're they're still kind of like uh, should have seen the Cardinals. Yeah. I, oh no, 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 I get it. I get it. No, this, this is this is a this is a good matchup. Strong, man. They're both strong. Yeah. It's a great matchup for both of them. Yeah. But I just think. I just think that the, the Cardinals are just going to make those more important plays. I, I think uh, Matt Stafford is going to fall into that pressure uh, and, and just going to start like either throwing picks or incomplete passes. If the Cardinals are able to shoot, uh, shoot, uh, shut down Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford has nothing. Well, keep in mind too, Cam Akers is back. Their number one running back is back, yeah. so that's a big factor. And uh, he's a stud. 
JJ Watt. Taylor Higby's yeah. Taylor Higby's had an incredible season. JJ Watt's a game time decision according to today. JJ Watt is. Yeah. So Cliff Kingsbury said it's going to come down to. Oh, health, he makes a so. difference. He How does make a difference. Is he, though? That's the thing. If he if he's seventy percent, he makes a he, difference. He makes a difference. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And that helps Chandler Jones a lot. And yes. Matthew Stafford's not a very mobile quarterback, so. JJ Watt can put the if he does. He's not play, prime JJ anymore. No, he's no, still no. very. He was producing well. Yes. He, he, put, he can yes. put some pressure in there. Yeah, he can yeah. put some pressure. Yes. He can put the pressure. If they can pressure uh, Matthew Stafford, he makes mistakes quite often. For sure. If you put that pressure on him, so I think the Cardinals, if they just start getting to the quarterback, being able to pressure uh, Matthew Stafford, they. And, you know who else makes sh- a lot of mistakes too? Kyler, Kyler Murray. Murray. <laughs> yes. So yeah. this this is a perfect matchup for. It both. is. This is a great I, matchup. It's going to be a close game. I think it's going to come down to a field goal. Uh, it's going to come down to who makes the the least amount of mistakes. Uh, but I I am going to pick the Cardinals on this one. Fair enough. So there's our picks for the wild card round. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I cannot wait to look back and see how I was just absolutely flawless, and these guys were just 100 wrong. Even though it's it, it could very well be the opposite of that. This is why we do this, though. It's an absolute blast. We're going to post our actual score predictions after the show today uh, for today's games, and then tomorrow we'll obviously do that as well. Uh, but we have one more order of business to get to you guys, and we out of here. It's called Each and every week we give out a series of L's in the world of sports, whether they're friendly or not friendly. L's in the world of sports, whoever is holding those L's in the world of sports. Those motherfuckers deserve it, and this is the 150th episode version of L's, so these better be good. Mr. Eddie Ortiz, Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo. Who's Hill Neal for you, and is it by chance the F1? No. Okay. You kind of glossed over it uh, once when we were talking about Devin Booker. I'm going to give it to Devin Booker. <laughs> Why am I going to give it to him? Well, he was shooting free throws. Uh, these were uh, close to the end of the game free throws, so they were important free throws for, for obviously the, the Suns because it was a very, very close game. And... Uh, Mind you, there's probably a thousand fans total in the arena, spread everywhere. It's in Toronto, right? Yes. Yeah. So, max, I'm going to say max a thousand fans. Max. Probably there was less than that. Uh, and uh, obviously, players shoot free throws all over all over the, the NBA, every arena, right? <laughs> this uh, is true. And Devin Booker uh, was upset, not happy, because of the Raptors mascot was. Uh, Jumping and moving around where he doing was his job, doing doing, doing his, his job. job, doing what mascots do, you know. And uh, Devin Booker didn't like it; he didn't appreciate it. Uh, he went up to the ref and told him what the the raptor was doing. He was moving his hands um, and jumping, distracting uh, me. It was distracting uh, one Devin Booker from uh, shooting his free throws. So, what the refs did is uh, they put the mascot on timeout, send him to the corner. Like, come on, man! Like, <laughs> you shoot, you shoot free throws in NBA. Yeah, in every NBA fans arena all out jumping there. up and down. Fans, yeah, some arenas even give out those thunder sticks yep. things. Some arenas do that, and you, they're not distracting. Fans are not distracting. Did you never play college? Did you not see like college college uh, fans yeah, doing a- some random shit like taking shirts off and? Doing some other weird, like giving birth. I think it was one where they were giving birth. Oh to another, yeah, that was great. Another, yeah, to yeah, another, yeah, yeah. I think that was like, Kentucky or someone. Yeah, I can't remember I was, what game that was. Come on, dude. Like, how petty do you have to be to complain about a mascot? Yeah. <laughs> interfering with your free throws. Just, just take your just, L, bro. You you missed it. Just, just, <laughs> just. <sighs> Devin Booker. 
You're going to have to do me a favor and uh, hold this L. Trevor Twidwell, who's holding L for you this week? I'm surprised we didn't talk about this at all during the show, but the Indianapolis Colts, man. I wanted to. Um, I'm glad we didn't. Uh, <laughs> all you had to do was beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, man. You guys acquired Carson Wentz, you know, who you thought was going to be the guy, and who's played well at times. Obviously had some really good moments this year. Consistent. Jonathan Taylor, who was the best running back in the league this year. Granted, Derrick Henry went down before before he went down. He was by far the best, but things happened. Derrick Henry went down. Jonathan Taylor took that reign, and he's never looked back. He was absolutely an all an absolute force this year. Uh, so fun to watch. That is a top five, top three defense in this league. Possibly, arguably the best offensive line in this league. Frank Reich is known to be a you know an offensive guru, quarterback whisperer. You know, we all I I thought they were gonna be I thought they were gonna be a lock in the playoffs at the beginning of the year. I really thought that they were gonna be a good team with that defense, that O line. Carson Wentz didn't have to be great, just be you know, you know suitable, just be a suitable fill in guy that can you know lead that offense. They got Michael Pittman, who's a stud, wide receiver one. All they had to do was win, and they're in. All they had to do was beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, and you couldn't do it. All the for all the cookies, it was all out there. Jacksonville Cookie had no- Society, shout out. Jacksonville had nothing to play for. Nothing. They were the worst team in the league this year. <laughs> the worst team in the league this year had nothing to play for. Trevor Lawrence was just out there playing for pride to have fun to kind of you know pad his numbers a little, little bit. You know, heading into this next season and you know with this new head coach, whoever that's going to be, trying to you know end the season on some positive vibes. That's all they had to play for. It's just the positive vibes heading into next year in this offseason. And the Colts had everything to play for, literally to get to the playoffs, literally to, 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 to get some ROI on their investment with the quarterback, with Frank Reich being the guy calling the shots. Frank Reich should be on the hot seat right now, straight up. There's no excuse losing that game, especially the way that they did. Carson Wentz was out there just just giving the ball away to well, Jacksonville. Carson Wentz gone. I don't think so. He's I think gone. he's still there. Unless they find, unless they, did you guys, crazy did, things happen. I know. The but, GM came out. <laughs> I know, I know. That's what I'm saying. This is why, this is an accumulative L. He's like, there's so many out. things going wrong in Indianapolis right now. I like now. what Lance did. It was like, he came and went. <laughs> that was clever. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, listen, man, I'm not going to go too far. I mean, we all saw it. We all saw what happened. It was terrible. Three we were, fucking points. <laughs> yeah, it was so bad. I don't get it. I, I mean, mean granted, ten because of garbage time. But yeah, he had yeah, eleven yeah. or whatever. Four point four QBR rating. And look, man, I'll get, and, I, and I'm not just gonna give. I'm not just gonna give. By the way, I'm not just gonna give Indianapolis this L <laughs> as if they just went out there and straight up lost. Uh, Jacksonville tra- went up there and whooped that ass. Yeah, Trevor. They Lawrence shut Jonathan out. Taylor yeah. down, yeah. which no one's really been able to do all year. Granted, yeah, Jacksonville seventy points. Jacksonville is a weird team, though. I will say that they, they're the ones all obviously that 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 shut the I Bills down. I think they're a good coach and they're divisional foe. I think they're, they're a divisional true. foe too. They're a good coach away from actually being a decent team. But Jesus, man, you couldn't go out there and just win by a point. Keep it close. <laughs> fine, pull away at the end though. You couldn't go out there and beat the Jacksonville Jaguars to make for your to keep your playoff hope playoff hopes alive and get in and have a chance to maybe go out there and you know like I said get some ROI on the investment on wins, uh, uh, reward Jonathan Taylor for the incredible all time year he had this year, uh, uh, you know with no one really expecting him to be that guy, arguably an MVP candidate at the running back position, which is incredibly hard to do. They fell flat, man. So for that, Coach Wright, Carson Wentz, you're trash. Uh, Indianapolis Colts, sorry fans, you guys all gotta do me a favor and hold this L. Sounds like the Chargers, but <laughs> that, that too, that's a layup. That's a low hanging fruit. We already touched on that that's shit. That's really low hanging 
hanging fruit. It's like on the ground. It's so low hanging. Uh, that's like uh, ground fruit. So you guys remember how the season started and how frustrated we all were, and and there were there were a lot of criticisms that we all gave out. This is actually going to be a W for somebody that was in the national circuit that that, that held their ground uh, when it came to the Chiefs. And Mina Kimes is one of those uh, women in the world of sports uh, uh, broadcasting and and and, anal- and, and, and being an analyst mm-hmm. that I respect deeply because I think she really does bring some 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 thoughtful content to the equation. And she she said something back in October of tw- October twenty sixth of this year when the Chiefs were really struggling to say the least, offensively especially. This is something she said in front of Dan Orlovsky, I believe Ryan Clark, and uh, Marcus Spears. Yeah. And I just want you guys to hear this. I don't want you to. I don't want you to just visualize these both these men's reactions. They both stand up and try to walk out and do the whole thing that they like to do on those shows to get clicks. But this is Mina Kimes take on October twenty sixth of 2021 in regards to the Chiefs' offense. I must have an opinion, and I don't want to make eye contact with Marcus Spears as I get away. So. Um... I think the Chiefs offense is fine. <laughs> I'm not getting up, Mina. No, you stay right here. Let's talk. Because I, I actually kind of agree with you a little bit. They were rolling. They, I mean, in just about every possible situation, it's a turnover. 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 Who? Against every opponent ahead before last week, Dan. It's true. Patrick Mahomes is playing fine. They just had a lot of turnovers, and and they weren't just turnovers. They were exceptionally costly turnovers. So. You guys know I, I like expected points added, which basically looks at how much does this Mina's actually help you or hurt right, you. Guys. Can stay with me, stay with me, friends. And so far this year, the Chiefs turnovers have cost them more points than any team other than the Jameis thirty for thirty bucks. Hey, I bet That's you this. I bet you this. I bet you this. I bet the teams that run the ball don't turn it over. Guys, that was hilarious. I turned it over against the Baltimore Ravens running it. I don't care, Ryan. I'm telling you, the team. Let's pull the stat up, Mina. You always got to the, the team that run the ball more. Don't turn it over as much. Yeah, I can guarantee you that. The Seahawks didn't turn over the ball. How'd that go for them last night? <laughs> Mina, you can't sit here and say that their offense. Their offense has had moments. They've been very methodical. They've owned yeah. the football. Hey guys, we're a third of the way in the season. Games. They gotta run the football more. What do we they have not, to on first? What, what is not resonating? I hear you, but what? You're not wrong. They do need to. Run All right, Ryan Clark can shut up. Uh, so. <laughs> I got to give Mina a lot of credit, man, because I'll be honest with you. If I heard that live uh, back then, I would have been like, yeah, I disagree. I think the Chiefs offense is in trouble because I had a lot of critiques on how they were doing things. I think Patrick Mahomes was trying too hard to play like he did in the past when defenses were clearly scheming differently as opposed to uh, what they did back in the past and letting Patrick Mahomes figure out what he is in this in this offense and primarily in this in this league. Uh, Mina deserves a big W on this one, man. Because she went against she, the grain, man. She went against the grain. She had all uh, almost everybody on this on this panel literally charging at her with with vigor and, and emotion, and she held her ground and she was one hundred percent right. Nice. The offense was fine. The Chiefs finished the season. I think their last ten, uh, eight weeks they uh, averaged thirty two points per game. The offense is fine. In fact, I would say that of all the offenses in the league, in the playoffs in particular, that I would have the most confidence in, it's the Chiefs' offense. Uh, she she saw things even before I did, and I got to give her a massive W on that, man. So, no many times, well done. You, yep. you had you hold absolutely this W. Yeah, you had, exactly hold that dub because you actually you absolutely earned that. Bringing it a little bit locally, a little closer to the local aspect. This is a a radio host that I I've never really brought up on the show, but I'm going to bring him up today because I was happening to listen to his show yesterday. 
yesterday, uh, and I and I like I like to listen to a lot of the local shows because I want to make sure I'm hearing for breaking news and making sure that I'm, I'm up to date on things if I'm away from my phone and if I can just hear things in the background. And I was listening to uh, Carrington Harrison's show on six ten yesterday, and this was something that he had brought up. And he he has this style where he likes to talk a lot about things that are not sports related, but this actually has a lot to do with sports because Tech Nine is actually going to do the halftime show for the Chiefs Steelers game, and that's been big news. Everybody out here loves Tech. He's from Kansas City, and he's also by far the most ind- most successful independent rapper in the history of hip hop music, and it's not close. Uh, C dot decided to ask a question that really did get my attention yesterday, and his quote was, "Are folks listening to Tech Nine in real life?" And I, I I had to make sure I heard it correctly, so I played it back. I went back on the show and made sure I heard everything he said correctly. And that was his literal question. Where else could it be listened to? Are folks listening to Tech Nine in real life? And to his point, he didn't just stop there. He was asking, like, when you're at a party yeah, or yeah. you're in a group setting, do you ask somebody for the auxiliary cord or for Fuck the Bluetooth yeah. and ask to play Tech Nine? Him and his little guy on his produced production side of things who agrees on everything that CDOT says said, of course, no, no one does, all this other stuff. So I decided to do my own research not just get angry about it and actually go and look it up and i actually i actually uh, mentioned c dot on twitter about it um i quoted him and i gave him the quote on there and then i i pictured tech nine's spotify streams it's right under seven million streams a month on just Spotify. That doesn't include iTunes or Amazon. YouTube or yeah, any of these other platforms that people frequent to listen to music. That's just Spotify. Tech Nine gets seven million streams a month. So I brought this to C Dot, and his uh, his his uh, response was, and I'm quoting him: "I've never been in a situation where someone asked to connect the Bluetooth and start playing Tech Nine." Well, that's the thing is that I don't think Tech Nine is naturally a guy that plays music that's like chill music, more like Drake or Kanye, guys like that that play more low, low balanced music. Not that a lot plays of club more. music. Yes, either. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I kind of I try to bring that up, but I, what I what I said in response, and I was I was getting the support on all this was. Um, how did I how did I say it exactly? But I basically brought up the fact that you can't ignore the streams. You can't ignore the fact that people are listening in real life. C dot then asks me I just went to his concert. What, what, too. Is, what, is, what does listening in real life mean? How he else, was he was basically saying like hangouts and things like that. Yeah, like cookouts. And yeah, yeah. And and I, I was like, okay, but streams yeah, but, are clearly he goes, Well, you can manipulate streams and it just it got kind of uh, the the thread started to come loose in the conversation. I just kinda of put an end to it. But this is kind of where I'm gonna put an end to this whole thing with C dot's uh, 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 stance on Tech Nine. Couple things. Um, first of all, we have a game this Sunday night. It's a nationally televised game. It's a playoff game. It's probably Ben Roethlisberger's last game, and it's a legacy builder for Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Right? Who's doing the halftime game again? Halftime show again? Tech Nine. Nine. Oh, okay. Um, and real quick, um, you guys, you name a few like big time movie stars, right? Like Ryan Reynolds and all these other big time names that you can name A listers, right? You'd say The Rock's one of those, right? Says Dwayne The Rock Johnson, one of the, the most polarizing figures yeah. in all of Hollywood and all of entertainment, right? Like with Kevin Hart and all those guys, right? Okay, um, there's one thing that The Rock is not known for, and that's being a hip-hop artist, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, 
Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I checked uh, the catalogs for Kanye, who's maybe the biggest artist out there besides Drake and Drake. Uh, I didn't see any guest appearances uh, of The Rock in one of their songs. But I went back just a few months ago, and I happened to notice there was a music video from Tech Nine. And what would you know? The Rock Bro, was I'm on a... the actual video, on the music video, spitting bars. Oh, so my thing is, if people in real life aren't listening to Tech Nine, why in the literal fuck is one of the biggest stars in all of entertainment across the board on his album doing something he's never done before spitting yeah. bars on a music video for Tech Nine. Oh, and then all I got to add is uh, he also has Eminem, the greatest rapper of all time. Yeah. On one of his songs. Yeah. I mean, well, and, too, and, and to add to that rock point, The Rock was on there also to promote his brand, yeah. his vodka. So if he didn't think that Tech Nine's audience wouldn't help boost his 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 product why the hell would he take his time to go record a and, video and with, you, a, with, a, with a, uh, an artist that no one listens you know to? What's funny? <laughs> like, you know what's funny? They, they, they've asked, before the song came out years ago, they've asked mm. The Rock, like, what do you listen to when you work out? Mm. He said, Tech 9. And I will, I will to, to he see that. He said, Tech 9. To see that's point, I will say the younger generation, the audience of the, you know, the, the, the generations below us and the one below the one below us, Maybe they don't listen to him as much. Maybe that's who he's referring to, like the, the modern crowd at the clubs and stuff nowadays. But like people like, you know, the millennial, a lot of the I, millennials still very much rock I, with tech, would, especially locally, man. I, I would say that's kind of inaccurate because I just went to his concert not that long ago uh -huh. and his crowd is probably younger than me. It's in their early 20s. We that, saw yeah. kids in there. Rapping to Tech Nine. I'm just saying, as far as like who who like listen to it in their car and like going to shows is one thing. It's an event. Young people are gonna go to events regardless. But like you can go to a random country, you know, country concert and like young kids are gonna show up. But I think, I mean, the streams alone give you the numbers you need. I mean, you can talk about manipulating. That's just leaning into your ignorant argument. But yeah, I mean, Tech Nine. I mean, anybody in this this especially locally knows. Yeah, I mean, it's he's, well, it's he's been a, a, it's been a, a legend, rough dude. it's been a rough year for C Dot because he uh, he's back in November said that the Chargers are going to win the division. Uh, they had a losing record after that. Uh, it's been it's been a rough year for LAC Dot. So I'm going to add another well because you can't spell LAC Dot without an L. So for the 150th show on the Spoken Podcast, I'd like to mention it for the first time. Carrington Harrison, do me a solid and hold this L. Six ten, we love you guys, man. Real life, people listen to him in real life. <laughs> My guy Jeff Allen, I hope you're watching this, man. man. I really do appreciate what you did today, man. You Thank had you. a lot going on in your personal life, and you made time. We reached out this week, and you immediately hit me back. You were so awesome. You were so uh, you gave us a lot. That that was a lot to chew on, and I really hope our listening audience, our viewing audience, appreciated it. This episode, man, is a dedication to you. Uh, and, and would not have been close to what it was without you, man. So thank you so much. And we very much look forward to having Jeff Allen on here. Um, and before I do our outs here, I do want to say, guys, this is our 150th episode. Um, I, I think by now you guys understand how important this is to us. Yeah. But I, I, I really hope you guys get it. This is this is big for me, especially in particular. This is, this is my passion project. I've been working on this for 11 years. And to get to 150 episodes on a podcast and giving you guys consistent content, man, I, I'm very proud of this. And I'm not toting, I'm tooting my own horn here. I'm tooting our horn here, man. This is, this is hard work. And it's something that we take very much pride in. And we want to give you guys the best product. There's so many other good shows out there, other great shows. Achieve Concerns, man. Uh, uh, Kingdom Says Podcast, the KCN, KCSN uh, Network, our guys from Jeff, Jeff Allen and Ken Swanson, Craig Stout, BJ, BJ Kissel, Kissel, Matt Lane, all those guys, Arrowhead Pride. I mean, they're all so awesome, man. And for you guys to give us your time when you have all these other choices, 
it's humbling. And, and I, I really hope you guys understand that I don't take that lightly and I want to give you guys the most honest and quality product I can possibly give you. So with saying that, for Trevor Twidwell, for Eddie Ortiz, for the great Clay Windler, for the great Jeff Allen that was so gracious to be with us today, I am Lance Twidwell of The Spoken Podcast. Episode 150 is done, finished, and finito. Until we are here for episode 151 when the Chiefs beat that ass against the Steelers and they're moving on to the division round to see who they face then. We out of this bitch. We're going to get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya. You are tuned into the spoken. I might actually stick. I might actually stick around for a little bit.